All right, guys, we are going to start this show off a little bit different. I'm going to play you a clip from one of today's topics just so you guys can have something to reference back to. Um, hopefully you guys enjoy. It's, it's about four minutes and 38 seconds. I may or may not play the whole thing, but maybe I should just so you can hear everything that encompasses this uh, particular topic or why this is even a topic. Well, I didn't even say why it's even a topic, but just why just why we feel the way we feel so here it is check it out i do not want critical race theory taught to my children in school does not mean that i'm a racist damn it a heated community forum outside st louis missouri where the rockwood school district has become a flashpoint in the national debate about critical race theory okay these moms were preparing to protest at the district school board meeting we can sort of wave it around okay fighting for a more diverse lesson plan at rockwood school district where their children go to school the children they want to learn all kinds of white curriculum all right is there implicit bias yes is there racism Absolutely. To have my daughter say, I want to have blue eyes, curly hair, long blonde hair, and, um, and white skin like her teacher. Let's start presenting our children with diverse um, curriculum. People who were educated years and decades ago, they got a version of history that wasn't exactly right, that was whitewashed, and now we're starting to recognize that and reconcile with that. Critical race theory teaches that much of America's history and policies are infused with systemic racism. The district says it doesn't teach critical race theory, but it has been teaching a curriculum rooted in diversity, equity, and inclusion for years. But this spring, the phrase became a lightning rod, and some parents began accusing the district of teaching Marxist ideology and liberal propaganda. So now, lessons many hoped would bring the community together have created just a chasm. Keep in mind, this is a in Texas, guys. A five-year-old in a kindergarten class is not responsible for their 17th-generation great-grandpa's actions, even if that were in their family lineage uh, 17 generations ago. But shouldn't they learn about it? What's wrong with them learning? Sure, they can learn about it, as long as we're not targeting children to make them think that there's something wrong with them over how the history of the United States was, was formulated. So you say some children are being targeted or, or make, made to feel guilty? Correct. For things they didn't do? Correct. Terry Harris is executive director of student services for Rockwood School District. Those who are complaining are saying, you know, they're painting us as racist, they're making us feel guilty, they're white shaming us. No, so in, in our district we're, we're not white shaming, we're not making anyone feel uh, bad about being white or uh, calling anyone racist. That's not what this is about. We have diverse students in the Rockwood School District that show up in our school district every single day. Students who desire to see themselves reflected in the curriculum. A curriculum that includes lessons about slavery, but also about a black astronaut and the African-American inventor of the traffic signal. For children of school ages, those are conversations that could be had at a later date as opposed to trying to propagandize children in kindergarten, elementary, and things of that nature. The district and proponents of this would just say they're not propagandizing. They're just, they're just teaching. They're, right. just, they're just 
asking them to think, not telling them what to think. No, I understand. But if that was what they were actually doing, then they wouldn't find a need to cover it up. And that so-called cover-up is a problem. This whole controversy seems to have picked up steam during the pandemic, when children were kept home and parents got a closer look at lesson plans. This leaked email from a Rockwood staff member advised teachers not to make everything visible about their race-based lesson plans on the platform which parents can view. The email also suggested avoiding trigger words like privilege and democratic. The district told us that email does not reflect the mission, vision, and values of the district, adding Rockwood encourages transparency. The history is that white people have done things that are not great in the history of the United States. We've also done lots of great things. So what I advocate for is just telling the truth. They are teaching divisive rhetoric to, to children that are too young for that type of uh, understanding and psychology. But those protesting in favor of diversity teachings say ignoring the history lessons and what they call whitewashing history is lying to children about the past, and that's harmful. Our kids need to know the truth so they can know how to navigate and do not repeat the past. All right, we are back, guys. Turn this up, Jen. Is here, yes. <laughs> and uh, but yeah. So guys, we we recorded the clip for you guys to be able to hear because we wanted to have you know, like I said earlier, we wanted you guys to have something to reference during this discussion. Um, we could have moved this segment around as much as possible. We may even move it, but we don't know. But right now, I think it's a good place to start, especially. I guess. I guess. I guess we'll start with listener mail first. Let's start there, and then we'll get into the clip. Okay. Uh, I should have had this one queued up, or 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 maybe. So wait, what episode is it? Oh, uh, I don't know. Fifty-six. <laughs> it's fifty-six. Fifty-six. All right, this is episode fifty-six of I don't have a name for this yet, and this is a one. And I used to fly to school on bald eagles. That's intense. Who are you and what did you <laughs> used to do? <laughs> um, I am Jen Walters and I used to have a Mewtube locked in my basement. A YouTube locked in your basement? A Mewtube, the Pokemon. Oh, a pe- po- okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy, a Mewtube. You used to watch Pokemon? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Are you a nerd nerd? Huh? I didn't know. <laughs> Who didn't watch? Like, I feel like every kid watched it. Like, if you didn't, there was something wrong with you. Yeah, something might be wrong with you if you did not watch Pokemon. I still kind of want to watch it. Like, I started rewatching, but I haven't made it as far as I would like to. But yeah, so let's start with listener mail before I go down my Pokemon world. Maybe we'll make that a segment on the show. <laughs> So we're going to start with listener mail. So we'll start off lighthearted before we get into uh, what we want to talk about. Actually, yeah, we'll just do listener mail. Um, so first listener mail we got is from Deshaun S. from Jacksonville. It said, I totally agree with what you said about white women in Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Jacksonville, I'm on the East Coast. Um, 
or Florida. I think he, I think he might have had some typos. Yeah, I think he's out from the east coast of Florida. Deshaun S from Jacksonville, and I think it's just funny. I, I, I might have to have him elaborate a little bit more, but I think there might be a thing like it's it's just different. It's just different. Um. The next one is, it says, I didn't know much about Juneteenth until this year. Could you tell us a bit more about it on an upcoming episode? I'm a millennial white woman from Indiana who really just wants to know, Sarah. Um, Yeah, Sarah, we can we can talk more about that. I think that's something. It's good that she asked this question from being from the demographic that she's from, because sometimes a lot of people just don't care. They don't want to know. They're not curious. They're not inquisitive about it. So for her to say that it may start, you know, may spark the mind that brings change in Indiana. What do you think about that? I mean, I, I do, I absolutely appreciate um, being curious and asking the questions um, and wanting to know more. I definitely appreciate it because um, I think we'll definitely see as we get into our topic or one of our topics that that's not always the stance that people take. So yeah, I, I agree. definitely appreciate it. I agree. And I had a conversation with one of my uh, doctor friends and she was, she said some, a, co- a friend of hers, I'm not sure if she, I think she is a coworker of hers, like another doctor asked her a question about like race and stuff like that. And it got pretty interesting, but I told her that I was getting ready to talk about this topic on the podcast and she wanted me to send it to her. So I'm going to let her hear it at some point, but that is definitely a good, uh, a good question to ask, especially when you're on the outside looking in. Um, so our good friend Hakeem from Queens says, what's up with those nets? I think that's my. They suck. (laughs) Oh man, you don't like nets? No, and it's like usually for New York sports fans, it's generally like Mets, Nets, Jets. It's who they like; those are their teams, and it's usually Yankees, Giants, Knicks. There are some people who who like who buck the system and don't do it that way but that's generally what it is but yeah i definitely i am definitely yankees knicks giants but the mets just suck like they just suck you said the mets or the nets the mets i mean the nets suck too because again i'm a knicks fan don't i i know all the facts about the knicks i know we haven't won a ring and forever like i get it but it's the hill i'm gonna die on i'm gonna support my knicks all the time I don't care how badly they're doing. So, yes, in my mind, the Nets suck. Okay. Even though even though they made it further in the playoffs the than the Knicks. Knicks did, don't care. They still suck. The Mets, they they oh, the Mets suck. No, he he said Nets with an N. Oh, the Nets. But but it's good to know oh, that yeah, the they Nets suck, suck too. too. <laughs> yeah. All the little Nets jeans, Mets team Mets. Nets, Jets, they all suck to me. So let me ask you this: do you do you think it's do you think the support for like the Knicks, Nets, Yankees, whatever, Giants? Do you think that's based on Burrow? 
I think that it is partially based for the Mets and the Yankees. Definitely, I feel like that is based on Burrow because, again, when this is the same Hakeem from last episode from Queens, correct? I think so. He's a Hakeem from Queens. I'm gonna go okay, so it's, and so that's why I automatically launched into like he must be a Mets fan because <laughs> City Field is in Queens. That's where they play out of. That's their home borough, and the Yankees, the the Mecca Yankee Stadium, is in the Bronx. And that's usually how it goes for them. Again, the Nets were in New Jersey before. Them being in Brooklyn is fairly new. So um, I don't think I, – I feel like it's less on the um, on the borough line. The same for the Jets and the, and the Giants. I At least in my experience, I haven't seen people like that being as um, divided by borough as the Mets and the Yankees are. Okay. Okay. Well, Hakeem, guess we'll be hearing a lot more from you. <laughs> Let's see. Um, it said you mentioned studies and trials. Is that a real thing? And they didn't really say who they were, where they from. And I'm going to go with yes. And I say that because one, I do work in healthcare. I'm not a pharmacist or a you know person who creates vaccines or anything. But I do know someone like, for instance, like my youngest sister's dad, no relation. I have to throw that disclaimer out there. But he would like he would like test out experimental medicines and drugs on himself. Like he would be paid to do them. Like they would pay him like eight hundred dollars a study and he would go and that's how he would get money. And he he you know, he had a history of like drugs and things like that so that appealed to him but i didn't know they did that i found that out like when i was like maybe i want to say college so it hasn't been hasn't been too far long ago maybe even my senior year of high school but that's what he did like to kind of like get extra money and he you know he would buy her christmas present with it so testing and human trials is a real thing I think like 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 with the COVID vaccine, they just kind of skipped that part because it was it was clear for emergency use. So testing and trials for all drugs and medicines usually happen. So yes, that is a real thing. Yes, absolutely. Because again, when I was like, and then from what I know, me when I was looking for jobs, and one of the companies was a clinical research organization, and it was for clinical testing of drugs. And so again, you. They, you tested on people and it was things that we discussed during my interview process. Again, one of my presentations was based on um, the sponsor or the client having a timeline of when they wanted everything to take place and would we be able to meet their timeline. And there were things like the test tubes have to get to the test tube center for the people to be swabbed or whatever. So yes, people definitely have to be a part of these clinical research trials because have to figure out how it affects the human body. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, now this one wasn't so nice, but the next one, at least it wasn't, it wasn't so nice. It said, just tune into your show. And I want to say, I hate when you guys talk about politics. I tuned into the make America great again, thinking I was what episode of, you know, the make America great again episode. Um, I was going thinking I was going to find some support in brotherhood, but I was sadly mistaken. Earl from Georgia. Um, 
Okay, Earl, are we infringing on your rights then, buddy? You want to <laughs> you fly your Confederate flag, don't you? What, what episode is that? Like, that wasn't something I was on. Yeah, uh-uh. You see, oh, shoot, now I'm over here trying to find it. I'm playing another episode. Um, I want to say it was like episode 30, 32. It was like a while ago. Like, I want to say maybe 2018, 2017. But I think it's like episode 30, 32. It is the most listened to episode. Actually, no, it's not. It was the most listened to episode up until uh, one of the 50th episodes. Um, oh, so I, oh, so maybe a lot of um, Trumpers thought that it was going to be a place where they can find some support and solace, and they got slapped in the face with what reality is. Yeah, I, so I we mad, huh? That. Yeah, I titled it that on oh. purpose, just you know, just getting the trap. And I think that had a lot to do with why it, why it, up until the one of the most recent podcasts, I think episode fifty two might have been the, the the most streamed, and everyone after that has just been doing really, really good numbers. 51 and up well 50 and up i'll just say but 52 was is probably the highest one but make america great again was and that's episode 10 is it yes oh my gosh january 6 2018 oh yeah so it was a while ago yeah i'm looking at it that's now. wild that it's january 6 because we all know what january 6 2021 was yeah, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Look at that. Look but no, so work. he does. What's the listener's name again? Uh, Earl from Georgia. So Earl, he doesn't go into any detail as to what type of support he was looking for. He's just like it's not what he thought it was going to be. Mm, no, that's just all he wrote. I'm thinking he probably saw "Make America Great Again." I think he thought it might have been like some Trump or Republican rhetoric being uttered, being that this podcast is based in Georgia or Atlanta. So I think that had something to do with it. But you just never know because I put like when I when I share the episodes, I tag it with certain things so it pops up in certain fields. So you know it works, but. I wasn't expecting that. I'm surprised it took this long for somebody to write in to say that because like, like that was a long. That was on what nine, ten, eleven. That was three years ago. Right. So who knows? But I, I just well, thought that was pretty crazy. Earl, I am interested in hearing what your disappointment was and the type of support you were looking for. Um, if you're willing to share, I don't know if you continue to listen after your disappointment from this show. But I would definitely want to know. Um, and if you if you hate when people talk politics because they have a different opinion than you, um, that's, that's not what, I mean, that's what discussions are made for. So um, yeah, I'm open to hearing what what the issue is. So if you're willing to discuss, I'm willing to discuss. But if you just wanna be upset because it's not what you thought it would be. I mean, feel free. That's your, that's your right. But yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that's it. Until we hear from him again, you know. Hopefully, he keeps listening, and maybe he'll learn something, or you know, maybe just change his mind on some things. But I just found it pretty funny that he uh, said that. But I think let me see if I got one more listener, man. I think that might be it for listener mail. For oh, it's hair all over me. That's what that is. I thought it was a fly or something, but it's actually a piece of hair just tickling me. Um, yeah, that was that's it for listener mail. So okay. we'll, we'll probably be here. Well, we may or may not hear from him again, but we shall see. 
But uh, okay, so now that we got listener mail out of the way, I guess let's get into the critical race theory being taught in classes and why it's such a hot topic right now. Because you guys can reference back to the clip earlier in the show. Um, when I when I heard the clip, it immediately like kind of upset me, and it just kind of it's just like I think I really got upset seeing the lady cry in in the front of the the opening part of the uh, the video because it mm-hmm. just was like. Like, why are you sitting here crying because of this? Like, and why don't you want this being taught in your schools? That was my first question. And we got to the other guy. I think his name was like Kenneth somebody. I know he had on a chief's hat. Um, He was saying propaganda and he doesn't want this being taught. Like, that should be taught a little later on in schools. Like, I was just like, why? He And then he went into how he didn't think that it was okay for I guess white kids to feel bad about being white but for uh, for for the longest I can remember it's always been okay for black people to feel like they're dumb they're less we haven't done shit or that we're stupid or just feel bad about being a black person like why is it okay on the other end and not okay on the opposite so that immediately upset me and I agree because I feel like them taking, I don't think that critical race theory or things that people are trying to teach grade school children is saying that all white people have malice or ill will towards black people. But the fact of the matter is all white people benefit benefit from racism, whether or not you have anything to do with it, whether you are an active participant, whether your family owned enslaved people, didn't own enslaved people, none of that matters. The point is that we're not trying to make people feel bad or point fingers for the things that have happened in the past. We are saying that the things that have happened in the past have built the pathway for what is going on now. And what will continue to go on if we do not address it. And those people who automatically feel attacked and who feel like you're being called, like you are racist and things that like you hate black people, all of those things. That's I feel like that is something inside them. That is their guilt that is coming forward and coming out. It is not because if you know you do something wrong, you feel shame. Like I think everyone has experience that where you know you've done something wrong no matter what it is and you've tried to hide mm-hmm. it you've tried to keep it a secret whether you did something you're trying to hide it from your parents um you're trying to hide it from your teacher you're trying to hide it from your significant other whatever you people feel shame and so and you start to project like things that have nothing to do with what you have done but because of that shame you now start lashing out at people or you think someone's attacking you and no one's attacking you they're just living their life or they just want to do something that they feel will benefit them or is for the greater good. But because you've done something or because you benefit from something, you're like, well, why do we want to do that? Oh my gosh. And I'm just like, I think you're just telling on yourself. And for everyone who is like, you know, it's not the, uh, it's not the way of this country. And so you admit the country's racist. (laughs) Not like I feel like that's you're just you're they're like it's attacking the core of our country. So the core of the country is racism then. So you agree. 
And yeah, I just think, and then to the guy who was like, oh, you know, at such a young age, black children experience racism from inception, from, yeah. from a soon, oh shoot, I forgot to tell my mom I was doing this. Can we take a hiatus? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we'll <laughs> I'm pause, so sorry. we'll pause, it's all right. I'll let you know and you can call me back. All right. All right, guys, while we're in the mission, I'm going to play some tunes, some of some songs that have uh, been keeping me going a lot lately. This is uh, Sorry to Say by Tempest. Pretty good song, if you ask me. Again, I don't own the rights to any of these songs being played. I'm just a fan of the music. This is DJ A1. Uh, I don't have a name for this yet. Radio. Giving you some intermission music until Jen comes back. If you like what you're hearing, guys, write in and let us know. I would love to know what you think about the music section or the music segment of the podcast. Thinking about doing a playlist with all of the songs of the week so you guys can just play them and listen to them there. Let's see what I want to listen to. Let's see what I got. Maybe I'll play some Alex Isley for you
play some little this is wait by alex Isley. play a little bit bit of this If you like her, you might like Alex Isley And not her, as in her, but the acronym, her But I, but it looks like Jen is ready So I let this rock for a little bit While I get it queued back up sound effects even though we're a low budget podcast but yeah we are back we are back um so yeah critical race theory being taught in class were you talking or was i talking i was talking and um i was saying that to the guy who was saying that school-aged children are too young to understand those things and to have those discussions black children deal with racism as soon as they're born um there are plenty of i think the majority if not all black children have a situation from their childhood that is some that is rooted in racism in some which way shape or form that happens to them that they don't understand but it is something that has stuck with them and is now in their psychosis and they have to grow up with that and now they can't even go to school and learn maybe how that situation came about. And it's always I, this protection of white lives and and this protection of the white minds. And oh, they're too young. They're too. They 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 just want to enjoy their childhood. Black kids want to enjoy their childhood too. We we deserve the exact same carefree life of a child that white children do and there was a time when a lot of black lives matter protests would pop up and like people would say like really random places i think there was one that like went on at like uh like an orchestra recital or something like that and the point was to disrupt their lives the same way that racism disrupts black people's lives and it's like they have these safe spaces where oh well you know they don't want to turn on the news they don't want to they don't they don't want to be in these PTA meetings where they're having these discussions. So then they go to, you know, they go to the theater, they go do all these things that one, they probably can do because they have disposable income. They had probably have more access to disposable income because they are white and they can do these things to get away. And it's like, no, you, you all cannot, we can't get away from racism. There is nothing that I could do to get away from racism. It just, it doesn't, work that way and so while you all try and hide and get away from it and tune it out and turn it off for a day like no they were having these protests in these venues and in these spaces to to disrupt their lives the same way racism disrupts the lives of black people and so it's not if it, it's never too early for a black child to experience racism so it's never too early for a white child to understand why racism exists and what the history behind it, how it's come to be and what steps need to be taken to dismantle it and what they can do to dismantle it, not pointing them out and saying you're a terrible person, anything like that, but 
you have to know where you came from to know where you're going or you're bound to repeat what happened that's a very very good point that was very well said and I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And I want to say, I took I took away a few things for this. This is how I broke it down. But before I get into that, this I I felt like when I was in kindergarten, we started learning about like Malcolm X, uh, Alex Haley, Martin Luther King. I remember us coloring those things on. You know, they they told me to color Martin Luther King black, and me being the literal kid that I was, I colored him literally black, and that's what color I colored him. I remember having that uh, that conversation with my my elementary school teacher. Her name was Miss Strawbridge. You'll never forget. And um, she, I remember them teaching us about black history then, and that was me in kindergarten in what ninety three, ninety four, ninety three. So if why is it okay for us to learn about black history and slavery for black kids at such a young age kindergarten? Maybe that might have been a little too early to kind of get into that, but I feel like since I was born in, in a in a city where it was majority black and I lived in a black neighborhood, these are some of the things that APS schools taught. They taught you about where you come from because so much of our history is lost or diluted in myth and lies and just, you know, just inaccurate reports. So I feel like why is it you know like like you said why isn't it too or why is it too early for them to start teaching their kids about where they come from the same way we get taught about where we come from like the good the bad and the ugly even though we mostly hear the bad and the ugly it's time for them to hear the bad and ugly about them even though they do hear it but the way they they portray it or the perspective they put on it is that this is a good thing it's for the country we did this so we could survive x y and z but I don't call genocide across the entire world or mass wars and different things like that or enslaving people a you know a a a shiny thing to be honoring you know so what I take from it is that the world is progressively um becoming more blue or democratic or liberal and I think the the sooner you start educating these kids that civil rights and treating people fair and economy and these type of things in school it takes away from the red or republican voter base because now you're having a lot more liberal white kids or democratic leaning white kids voting in the interest that doesn't align with what their parents or grandparents or some of the other family members you know line up with like you can see that in the most recent election and if things keep going that way it's going to be a progressively blue world. And I think that scares them because now they're learning the truth about politics. They're learning the truth about systemic racism. They're learning the truth about mass incarceration. They're learning the truth about their history. So that's one thing that I take away from because that can change the socioeconomic status for a lot of people. I don't think it'll be equal, but I think when you start getting more progressive minds in office, those things can start to change. The second thing I took away from that, I'm a history buff. Why would you want your kids believing lies? Like, I don't, I, there's no excuse for it. Why don't you want your kids to know the whole truth? Like, everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't tell a lie. You shouldn't do this. And if you omit the truth, some people do say that, see that as a lie. I don't, but in this case, I have to throw that out there because that's something that has been said. Why would you not want your kids to know the truth? It's time to rewrite the history books. Put everything out there and let them be the judge. Like, don't hide your kids from these things because when they grow up, how are they going to look at you? 
I mean, some of them may not look at their parents any different because some of them may become so ingrained and entrenched mm-hmm. in what they were taught. It doesn't matter. And then some people will turn around and will be disgusted with their parents that they allowed them to believe lies. And I mean, it's it's a crapshoot. You don't you don't know. There are some people who you can still teach them critical race theory. You can teach them the truth in school, and then they still may be racist. <laughs> you still mm-hmm. may think that black people are less than. They still may think that um, missionaries did the right thing, and they believe in manifest destiny, and there was no issue with exterminating Native Americans. But again, at least you're giving all the information for people to form their opinions. We have free will as human beings. That's it. We do. So people are going to believe what they want to believe. But again, when you do give a certain picture that clearly leans towards, that is whitewashed, that leans towards a certain, a certain, um, what is the word I'm looking for? A certain narrative, then yeah, it's not, it's not fair. It's really and it's, it's just, it's, it's just it's disgusting like it continues it to be disgusting, disgusting and horrible like i don't know what else to call it like that's that's just what it is and what uh, i just like i remember the episode that we had and you were like when i was trying to figure out why my coworkers wanted to believe lies about me and you were like the lie is more entertaining Definitely. in this case the lie it it's more beneficial to them. It's not about being entertained. It's about keeping that that one up, that leg up, that 400 plus year head start that they have. They There are people who 100% want to keep that no matter what. They don't care who it costs, what it costs, who it hurts. They just want that. They want that privilege over everything. Yeah. And... It's, 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 again, it's disgusting that people are, that are, people are like that. I'm just disgusted that they're up in arms like it, but it's, 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 it's never okay for any other minority to be up in arms about something that they deem is unfair. But the moment they do it, they want everybody to hear their cries and inside with them. I just think that's disgusting. You should not do that. And for him to use word like propagandize, you kind of know what he's getting, and that's what let me, you know, got me to the premise of being that it's a like it's a politics thing to this too. Because when you teach kids these things, you kind of like you do ingrain them. It's almost like you're brainwashing them to believe certain things. And the worst thing is, it also teaches other minorities that that same thing so sometimes you get you get some black people who do lean republican you get some hispanic people who do lean republican and they believe certain things about black people that people have put in their their heads for years and it's kind of hard to undo those you know undo those stereotypes and that damage because like i like i've had conversations with some of my friends from different races like other minority races and they just kind of feel these these things about us and i was like y'all do realize they say the same shit about y'all but it's divide and conquer. Never let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. But if they can convince more of y'all to think like them, then they have won. And that's I think that's what this has a lot to do with too. But I don't I think it should be I think it should be taught in schools. Like everybody should know what the real history is. You can't teach inaccurate history. What if we just say, hey, World War Two never happened? World War One never happened. George Washington wasn't the first president. Or whatever, and that's up for debate. They still saying he may or may not be. I don't know, but 
why would you want your kids go along believing a lie like that? But it's time for you them to to open their eyes to things and try to make things a bit better than what they have been. Yeah. And I remember it was sometime last year, this photograph went viral. It's of a gentleman um, in a wheelchair and he has two signs and one says like, um, I'm sorry, I'm late. I had a lot to learn. And then he has a black lives matter sign. And again, it's, people can change like people can change their opinion people can change their outlook people can realize that what they believed in is wrong but if you're never exposed to what that wrong is and if you're never told what the truth is then how do we really expect people to make that change and again i they know that so if you keep the information hidden from them they don't know these things to then make that to make that change and to think, oh no, maybe these people do deserve rights. Maybe we should reform the prison system. Prison system. Maybe we should look at gerrymandering in our neighborhoods. Maybe we should look at the socioeconomic wealth gap. And so, if you don't, if you don't give, if you don't readily give them access to that information there's just a lesser likelihood that they'll ever know. Now, of course, do we live in the information age? Is it the year of our Lord 2021? And you can absolutely get on the internet and read up about a number of these things. Yes, you can. But we know that that grade school in these formative years, we know that these educations do help shape and propel the mindset that these children are going to have moving forward in life. So, there's a there's an importance to do both for it to be taught widely throughout the country throughout all school systems and for children to want to but again i think that children are naturally curious people and if you start if you start them off with this i do think that they will start to delve deeper and to look into these things even more than what they are getting in school but you have to give them a jumping off point but if the jumping off point is whitewashed or, you know, there are some textbooks that don't even call enslaved people enslaved people. They like indentured they immediately servants. Yeah, they immediately skip to indentured servitude, which is something that happened after enslavement. Or they outright say like they, they were willing participants yeah. in the transatlantic slave trade. And I'm like, that's that's an outright lie. Like that is a lie. Yeah, and I, and I don't like that. And I think, and like like you said, it starts as you're young. And I and I notice because I've have friends who have younger kids, like kindergarten, first grade age, and they refer to people like one of my friends. Her son referred to white people as peach because they're, I guess he said, could have pink or like that peaches tint to their skin, and he would call us brown. Unlike me, but I was told we were black. But well, I actually call people brown too. But I never really thought we was black, which is why I colored him black because they told me to. I didn't know what black was. I just knew I didn't know what I didn't know what race I was. To be honest with you, I just knew <laughs> I was brown. But kids have this; they're very like visual, and you know they can go off what they hear. But kids are usually more open less prejudice, less bias because they're just free until you start teaching them certain crap. Like kids don't know what fear is. Like my nephew, when he was two, he jumped in the pool on his own. 
He might have even been one, but he was fearless. But he didn't know he could drown. Fortunately, I was in the pool with him. Like he just kind of was, you know, he just ran and jumped towards me, thinking I was gonna catch because he always jumped on me. But kids are fearless. But when you start teaching them certain things, and when you don't teach them certain things, they don't learn that connection. And I think that's the same thing that applies here. I think. I think if you started doing these things, people would look at people for just people, not necessarily referring to people as like race or color. We would just be one race, the human race, as we were all intended to be. Instead of dividing us up into these things and letting things like religion, culture, and, you know, stereotypes divide us because we're more alike than we are different. And I always tell people that, like, we arguing over differences when we all do the same thing. We're just doing it for different reasons. Yeah. And like there was, I remember, I think it was sometime last year, there was a video of like a toddler pushing a stroller and it was, and everyone was saying that kids can do a lot more than we think they can, but it's, it's adults telling them, no, don't do that. Or no, you can't do that. That stops them. And then there was a video, I think I saw it yesterday and it's like this kid on like a pull-up bar at a park and he is like, do he the stuff he was doing was amazing he was like spinning and flipping and all this stuff and it's like again does not have that fear it's like children are taught these things and once you set them on that path it's it may be hard to get them back and then again if you set them on a path you know if you set them on that path before they even go to school and now they go to school and they're reading all these books that are claiming that the white man came and saved the continent of Africa and civilized the Native Americans and Christopher Columbus discovered America and all this nonsense, they, it's, it's just going to, you're building on what they've, uh, of all these racist things that they've already heard coming from home. And so if, if maybe if they start hearing racist things from home, they go to school and they start hearing something else they're going to question and they're going to be into, they're going to start to get intuitive and they're going to, and they're going to wonder, well, why am I hearing one thing here? And I'm hearing one thing someplace else. Like something's not adding up. Children absolutely have the ability to do that. They can think critically. And honestly, I think that also wanting to stunt your child's critical thinking skills for the sake of upkeeping the lie you should be ashamed and you should be embarrassed that you are willing to stunt your child's growth like that. And you're afraid of your child coming home and questioning whatever nonsense you're telling them because they're learning the truth in school. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm with you on that. And and like you said, to piggyback off what you said, it teaches them that it teaches them to be entitled. It teaches them to look at us as we're lucky to be here. Or like we did, or my grandfather, my great, 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 whatever, did you guys a favor? Like, you know, and that's kind of what they think. Cause it was like, well, so I know in my thing, I know when I was a kid, I remember saying, I like, so a black man invented the, 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 the stoplight. And it was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm black too. Right. So why wouldn't they have that equal opposite on their end? Oh, white people civilize the world, right? You're mm-hmm. white too, Toby, or whatever. And now you go around thinking that these things are great, and then you kind of have this idea in your head, like, "Hey, we did you guys a fucking favor," and like that's not what the, that's not what that is. 
And I think that's why a lot of them think like it because they're never taught the plight of minorities and they're always taught that we're lucky and we should be thankful and you guys were all equal, but because that's what they're being taught, but they're not being taught that exactly because that's just not what it really is. And I've always looked at that, like when you just kind of look at like teenagers and some of the stuff that they say and the stuff they do, like going to a college campus, like you just hear so much stuff from from that side and from all sides because everybody does it. But when me being me, just curious, more curious about white people because I haven't really been around them like like that. Like I know I was around like in middle school because I went to like a mixed school and a mixed elementary school, but I went to all black elementary school and a mixed school and I went to all black. Uh, middle school and a uh, mixed middle school then my high school was just all black folk so you know it's kind of it's kind of different from when I was younger than you'd be around just one thing you don't really get to see people as they you know they grow into adulthood but you just hear things and a lot of things they just they're just like clueless they're just totally ignorant on it it's not a you know ignorant is a bad ignorant just mean you just don't know they're oblivious because they're not taught that that they're taught something totally different from what we're taught and what they're taught empowers them and makes them feel good and what we're taught demeans us and makes us feel very small i could see it didn't make me feel away but it made me feel a way that people thought that way about people who look like me yeah and that's not that's not a good feeling to have so for her to be sitting up there crying and him to us i don't want my kid feeling bad hey fuck that like you have to get over that shit because you you teach them all these other things but you don't want to teach that and my biggest thing that pissed me off with that Y'all let y'all kids play Call of Duty and Grand Theft fucking Auto, but y'all don't want no knowing history. I don't want to hear that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all can y'all let the kids tote guns and do all the little cheat codes and do all the little what's the other game Fortnite dances and stuff like that. But y'all don't want them to know history. But y'all let them play Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. I know why they let them play Call of Duty because it's a war. It's about wars and some of it's accurate depictions and Americans are the good guys and they're going to kill the Nazis or they're going to kill, you know, the people. The, I, I know they used to call them Viet Cong and I don't know if that's a, a politically correct thing to say. I don't know, but they was killing the Vietnamese people. They were killing the Asian. They thought that these things were right or they was calling them Japs or fish heads or zipper heads and that's not right, but that's what they were doing. So I see why they let them play that and every racist rhetoric I've heard on a game, the first time I ever heard it was on a Call of Duty game. Mm. Like, you hear them just going off, like, you fucking X, Y, and Z, yada, yada, yada. You're like, whoa, who is that? And then your parents walk about thinking it's, you know, like, your friend. Like, no, that's who we're playing against. But they get on there, and they talk this way on there, but y'all letting them do these things, and y'all teach them these things, but y'all don't want to teach them the, the right history and how to treat people the right way. Like, I do not like that. So you can let them play Grand Theft Auto, but you don't want them learning about the plight of black people, or you don't want them knowing the real history about America. Like, that's some bull. And I didn't even know that those video games had language like that. That that's wild. That is truly wild. Well, some of them have story modes, and they kind of have like a, a accurate depiction, or they play off of it. Like they'll have like like the first Call of Duty I played. I think it took place in the Middle East, so they had like guns that fit like Desert Storm, and they had like arab houses and different things like that and then some of them they have you in the cold war like the most recent one is the cold war you in russia you you doing a lot of that and they kind of portraying russians as a certain way as the villains and of course america's the good guys and then you got some of them where they just take place in different times like one of them where it was like in 
you know, Vietnam, World War One, World War Two, and they shooting the Nazis, and people really like get into that because oh your great grandfather he was a great man he was in a war he did this and that's why they always go getting them fucking guns and shooting people and exercising they they right to bear arms because that's what they're taught they're taught to serve their country but everybody doesn't view the country the same way that you do and that's not that's not the right thing to do but so but besides the language that's in the actual story mode, like when you play online, like let's say it's me and my crew versus you and your crew, like you can have a mic and you can talk back and forth for, with people and they be saying all kinds of craziness. Like when I'm talking about not just in America, but across the world, across the mm. world, you can talk to somebody in Korea right now. They could be on your team, but there are people that get on it and they just get on there and just be racist like if they lose or it's like a crew of them they think they cool it's whatever it is some of them sound like adults some of them sound like teenagers or college kids but like that does happen but you let your kids play grand theft auto and call of duty but you do not want them to know the history about how this country got here because without that there would be no grand theft auto maybe not just yet but there might be a grand theft auto oh my god that it's mind blowing. It truly is. It is. You 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 shoot. You you teach your kids how to hunt and take lives of things that are not even gonna eat, but you don't want them to know critical race theory. Like it's just crazy. Like I've never killed an animal in my life besides like ants, but I've never like picked up a knife or a gun with an intent to kill. Like I've never done that. But and another thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh uh-uh, uh, go ahead. No, it's just the things that they teach their kids and that they feel is appropriate, like fishing. I'm not really big on fishing. Do I eat fish? Yes, but I, I feel like the Native Americans only take what you need, only kill what you need. Respect that thing because that thing is helping bring you life. But when you fishing just to fish it, just to take a picture next to it, or like killing a bear for the fur, like and all like that's 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 going a bit overboard for me. Like, but you can take lives of things that you feel have no value. Just like they took the lives of many minorities, blacks, African, not African Americans, well, African Americans, I hate to say black and African American, but Asians, Latino people, like, that's the same way you view us. And that's why this is so, you know, like, I'm very vocal on this because that's what I compare it to. That's what I see. And there was one part in the clip where they said, while the school curriculum does not teach critical race theory they teach a very diverse curriculum that focuses on equality and equity and that's another thing i want people to realize that a diverse curriculum is not does not necessarily equate to critical race theory like they are different things you can teach a diverse a diverse um curriculum that is about equality and equity but you can uh, but you can still omit critical race theory and but then it's like, well, if you are teaching about this equality and equity, how do you teach about this, but you will not teach why it is necessary and the origins of how inequity and inequality got to be so rampant in this country? It literally makes no sense. It's like you're not teaching ABCD. You're deciding, okay, we're just going to teach... Uh, elemental p and i'm just like that it doesn't it doesn't work that way you have to start from the beginning so i think that that was a really important part too when they pointed out that all because you teach a diverse curriculum 
all because you talk about equality and equity does not mean that you're teaching critical race theory. They are different things and they are both important and they have to be taught. They should be taught because you don't, again, there's what sense does that make? I think any person, again, I think critical thinking skills and bells and whistles should be going off in these young people's minds saying, well, you're telling us that we strive for equality, but how did we get to a place where we are so unequal? That I think I would hope that that's the questions that are being asked. And I hope that those are the questions that are being asked that help push this fight. Because one thing that they said was that um, this has exploded and that this has taken such a rise because with widespread homeschooling across the country and parents having a being more involved in seeing more of what's going on in the classroom because the classroom was their living room, was their bedroom, whatever, was the kitchen table for so long. Now they're they're really seeing what children are being taught in school. And so this is part of the reason why this is becoming such a big thing because parents were getting to see what was being left out of curriculums over this past year. And so I hope that it is the parents seeing the pitfalls and what's not being taught. And then it's also the children asking these questions. I really hope that it is those two things together that have made this become such an important fight and something that is being centered around and can, it needs to continue to be centered around until there is real change. And if it's not, I want parents should be encouraging their children to stand up and fight for this as well. And again, it should not just be the black children asking to be taught about their history or asking to be taught correctly about the the history of the United States. White children, Native Americans, Asian, all children should be asking for the truth because it's not only black people who are misrepresented in, so. in, in education. It's not. It's all minorities. It's people all across the world. And that's another thing. Like that was something that I used to think when I was a kid, I was like, so you trying to tell me the United States was never wrong? Ever. And we won every not, war, all that Not jazz. what? <laughs> I was like, something, that don't sound right. That does not sit right with me. So we didn't lose one. We wasn't, we didn't look back and say, eh, maybe we should should not have done that. Just once. And I hope that these are really the questions that are being asked and are being raised, not only for how Black people are portrayed and how our history is is dimmed and left out. I really hope that it is for all races and cultures across uh, in this world because all of it shaped this big this big quote unquote melting pot of immigrants that the United States is. Yeah, I'm with you on that because I know when I was younger, I was so fascinated with Asian culture, and I still am like Chinese and Japanese culture, like 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 karate, kung fu, taekwondo, like all of these things and like playing Street Fighter, you got to fight as like Chung Li, you got to fight as Ryu. You get you got to see where these places were on a map. And I don't know I don't know how old some of you guys are that listen to it, but if you've ever played Street Fighter, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I've always fascinated with how it was. Like I grew up watching a golden child. I grew up watching a karate kid. And I always wanted to know more about that. And then when I found out the first time I was ever taught about Japanese people was when they was helping the uh, 
helping the Germans. And that just kind of like made me think, but I was like, but why don't they ever show anything good about them? Because I know that, okay, they was just on a different side of the war because they believe whatever they believe. And when you're looking at it that way, depending on what side you're on, you're going to see whoever is the villain. Like we feel we're right because of whatever else. And like we, like I said on the other podcast, like when you drop a bomb that says made in America and, and Iraq, those kids there now view us as a bad thing because it says made in America. And you just killed their uncle. But we feel good because we're fighting over there for whatever fake cause we're going for. So it just really just depends on that. But I would have definitely liked to learn about other races in, in, in school. Like, I don't know if you remember um, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, absolutely. That was my favorite show. I wanted to know more about the Mayans, the Incas, and the Aztec. I think it's the Aztec. I think they're the Aztec on... Uh, Olmec was Aztec or was he Inca? I'm not quite sure. I want to say Aztec, though, because that's what, that's what I remember the most. But that was my way of learning a little bit about that. And that, that's something that could not be taught to me in school until much, much, much later. And it's a very, very small point of it. And the only people they talk about is the Mayans because they had the calendar. And that's it. Mm-hmm. But they pick and choose what they want to teach you when a lot of these people have a lot to do with some of the things we have now. They don't talk about how the numbers got created. They don't talk about the alphabet. They don't talk about a lot of things and where they come from. So for us to have like all these these medical terms that are in Latin, which isn't something that's a derivative of America. Why aren't we talking more about these things? And it's like I'm a black guy. So I'm speaking from that perspective, but I also want to know more about other cultures and races, too. I don't always want to hear that Thomas Jefferson was a great guy and these are our forefathers. Those are your fucking forefathers. Those aren't mine. I can't tell you who mine are. Right. Shoot. Like, I didn't even have my dad in my life because he died. So I can't tell you who my Well, I, I know who he is. I know what his name, but I can't tell you much about him. Yeah. So, you know, like, I don't want to hear nothing about your forefathers and we, the conf- I don't want to hear that. We talk more about the, the American Revolution and the Civil War more than anything in history. Every grade level we learn about the Civil War and American Revolution, Yankee Doodle, all of that. Why aren't we learning some of the other things? Why won't we learn about Emmett Till in school? Why we want, why weren't we learning about the Tulsa massacre? Why weren't we learn about why weren't we learning about the Oakland and the LA riots? Why weren't we learning about Rosewood? Why weren't we learning about Atlanta being burnt down? That I'm not restoring the west side of the city. That's why the west side and the south side look like that. They burnt that shit down and they fixed everything except for in the black communities. Have you been my clerk? Well, you went to Spelman, so you know how MLK look over there. It's pothole yeah. city. Everything looks so old, even the houses. But when you cross 20, when you cross 85, it's a different story. But they don't yeah. teach you that thing. They don't teach you any of that. But they, te- they will teach you about the Confederacy and the Civil War and... Uh, the American Revolution, but they don't teach you shit. And, and all the wars that they won, they teach you about. And Vietnam, because yeah. it was so big, but I think they lost Vietnam. And they teach you a little bit about the Korea War, but that was it. But they teach you the things that flattering to them. Yeah. But I think. And they want good. you to believe things like MLK, the Bluff, SWAT, all those places are like that because we black don't people care. don't take care yeah and it's like that's not it 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 was it was again burnt down and not restored so and again what 
capital, what equity do Black people have to really build up our own communities like this? So if someone's not doing it for us, or if someone isn't giving us the capital to do it, it's not going to get done. Like, we just kind of have to make do with what we have. And then there's another part about, you know, people not respecting what's not theirs. And I do think that if those places were restored, and if you have not just one Black-owned store, if you have a community of Black-owned businesses and these neighborhoods with Black homeowners, people will take care of of these places. But it's, it's maddening to work hard and it's not yours. This community isn't yours. This can you're renting you don't you know this space you can you can get thrown out at any given time or you always feel like your days on your lease are numbered because this isn't your space you don't own this and then the newest you know when the gentrifiers want to come and when they want this space and when they want to build it up they're just going to do that so why would people work so hard to maintain and upkeep things that can be taken away from them so quickly and for no reason other than capitalism and greed. And we want to make this high-rise condos for people of a higher socioeconomic status to live in. And we don't care where the hell you go. Like, why, why would people, what is there to be proud of in that? I really think that if we had those communities where it is really for us to buy us that we can that it would be different it's not going to be these these slums that they think that black people automatically create whenever we congregate together like no i don't think that's what it will be but when do we really have the the option to show what it could be like again we had tulsa and you all burned it to the ground so it's like when we even have the t- the opportunity to to have this, you all don't like that either. And it's, you know, it was the whole, oh, separate but equal, separate but equal. But when we did have equal, when we had a Black Wall Street, you all did not like that. So it wasn't separate but equal. You all wanted us to be separate and in the slums. Like, call a spade a spade. That's what it is. Because, again, it is so much about having this power and having this one up over this community so you can feel superior so you can continue to thrive and not have to worry about people catching up to you because you have pushed them so far back that catching up is literally impossible with our own devices it can't be done Mm -hmm. it's sad and you know like this like this topic opens up so many so many wormholes for us to go down. And I'm just looking at like, cause I wrote down on here, crime in Atlanta and the water boards. Like there's a reason why crime in like minority communities is so high because we have to hunt and fight for almost everything. And some people have never left outside 285. Some people have never left the West side. Some people have never been to the South side or the East side because of whatever reasons. But some people really just think that that's how it is like because they don't know any better they've never seen anything but that some people have never seen anything but crime some people have never seen anything but the slump some people have never seen anything but abandoned buildings or like you know deplorable properties in their neighborhoods 
because no yeah. one ever has come by to lift a helping hand so some people just think this is just the the reality of the situation but it's not really the case and like when i like people for y'all, those who are listening in during the civil war sherman's march that's how the city it's called sherman's march to the sea they came down from the north they burnt the trail pretty much from atlanta i want to say to savannah that area and that's kind of where that sherman's march to the sea came from but they definitely burnt down atlanta for sure and it's not like they did it to 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 harm black people they did it because it was a land of rebellion that's what slavery was so i want to throw that out there for people who don't know but so when we say that just go look at the west side and then go over to like maybe inman park which is where you start to see the lines blur a little bit like when you get towards boulevard that area going east you start to see the lines blur a little bit it don't look like it doing the west side yeah the north side damn sure don't look like it doing the south side so it's just those type of things that that people don't really really you know keep in mind like it's so many things that that just perpetuate whatever is going on today but I don't know. Let's see what we're at. We're at an hour and we've been talking about critical race theory, <laughs> which is good because I can talk about this all day because, like I said, this opens up so many cans of worms. So I did yeah. want to talk about water boys because everybody, I'm pretty sure everybody had a run in with a water boy at some point in Atlanta. Have you? Oh, yeah, of course. So, and I, when I was mentioning, you know, like how some people live in a neighborhood, like just to see people fighting and arguing over water and running to your car to say, well, that tells you that something is wrong systemically. Like, why aren't these kids in school? Why aren't these kids having opportunities? Like, why do they feel it's necessary to make money right now than it is to get an education? That should tell you that something's wrong right then and there. And I think that all stems from... That's how we segue from critical race theory to this, but I think it all stems on what's been going on in history that no one wants to teach so people can get a better understanding like why there are water boards out there on the corner and to begin with. And in Atlanta, they just have to be black kids. I'm pretty sure if you go to Indiana, you might see white kids, some poor white kids instead of, you know, there's poor yeah. people of all demographics, but just depending on where you are, that's what your crime will look like. That's what your relationships will look like. That's what your teachers will look like. That's what your city will look like, depending on the demographics in your city. But if you're in an all white town, most of the crime is going to be done by white people. If you're in a black town, most of the people you're going to see in the crime or whatever is going to be from black people for the, for the vast majority. Yeah, but I brought up the water boys because things are getting wild, and well, they've been wild. But I I do think that something needs to be done about them. And I was listening to some people talk about the pros and cons of having the water boys out there. It teaches them entrepreneurship. It te- it gives them something to do. At least they don't have guns. They're not there. You know, they're out. They're not in the streets, even though they're in the streets. But then you hear mm-hmm. the cons where they throwing water bottles. They being disrespectful. They reaching in your car. They're breaking in your cars. They're, they're shooting people. They're getting hit by cars. So it's like, what can we do about this? And how can we help them help themselves and help the city at the same time? What I did not... So me, interactions that I've had with Water Boys have never been bad. Um, So them breaking in people's cars, reaching in people's cars, stuff like that. I didn't even know that went on at all i really didn't um but again it's like kid they don't 
they're kids. They don't see what is not presented to them. They don't see any money in sitting in a classroom. There's there's no money going in their pocket immediately sitting in third period English. <laughs> They're not making yeah. any money. And even for even it's like it's summer now, so there's not school for them to be in. The alternatives are there even alternative places for them to be? Are there summer programs for them to be in? Are there is there a YMCA that they can go to? Is there any other alternative for them? What do these communities have to offer for these kids to do? And I mean, it's next to nothing, if not nothing. Everything is based in capitalism. So most things cost money. Um, Because, you know, there are some kids, they're in football, they're in basketball, but those things cost money. And then again, if they don't have it, then what are they going to do? And then they see, oh, well, if I want to play football, I need to make money. How do I make money? Selling water. And it's just, it becomes like this never-ending cycle. So there needs to be, and that's something that I feel has been talked about for years, about having places in the community for the youth and having free places for the youth. Because we know that everyone does not have this money. We, It's it's just fact. And so having programs and unfortunately I, because I don't have any kids, I don't, I don't even know how to begin to request, like how do you even start to campaign to have some type of after school program for youth or to have some type of summer program? I don't even know how to begin to do those things. And then another thing even for these parents who are out here, they have kids. Do they have the time to campaign for this stuff? They have kids to raise. I'm sure that they're working. Some of them may be single parents. Some of them may be dual parent households, but I'm sure that everyone's time is caught up in something. And again, it goes back to having disposable income, having capital means so much because that's another thing. Like you'll see participation at like, white schools there are parents at pta meetings and they go to these community meetings and they get to vote on all this stuff and everyone's like oh well just vote just vote and i was like voting is not what you vote on is not easy you have to know what the hell these people are talking about for these laws and for these for these community initiatives that they don't no one just comes and gives you the book about hey this is what we're voting on let me give you the rundown you have to have access to a computer to find this stuff you have to find the time but when you have these families who are in better socio who are in better economic positions and they can pay a nanny they can pay a chef they can pay someone to pick up uber their child something they don't have they don't have they deal with less of these everyday life things they're not cooking dinner they're not they're not checking their kids' homework. So they have time to do these things. They have time to go to these meetings. They have time to research what the hell is going to be discussed at these meetings because they have money to pay people to take other things off their plate. So it's just, it's not this easy thing where everyone's like, oh, well, just vote and demand that your that your city council members do this and do that. So people don't know the process. People don't have time for the process. It's not as simple, but it does it does begin with 
we we have to we do have to get things for our kids to do in communities and i do think that we have to do a better job of helping one another one thing when the pandemic started last year and it was just it was a shame to me because it's just the nature of a disease like this i have plenty of former coworkers from the hotel who have kids now they have kids at home doing school all this other stuff none of us were working and i'm pretty sure their kids were at the house driving them crazy and I was like, I would have been more than happy to help out some of my coworkers. I, I was, I, I'll go to your house. I'll watch your kids. You take a day off. You relax. You go do something for yourself. But you can't do that with something like COVID when we're supposed to be quarantining. So it's like you have to be able to have community with one another and you have to be willing to support each other. And that's one thing. So again, for someone like me who doesn't have kids, who I don't. I have to be willing, people have to be willing to support one another how they can best support one another. And so for me, it's, I can't go to a PTA meeting. They don't, they don't care what I have to say. So me, mm-hmm. I might have to watch someone's kids for them to go to the PTA meeting, for them to speak up for what they need for their children. So we have to have that community. Unfortunately, everything can't be based in, well, are you going to pay me? Because they just don't have the money for it. But we have to realize that there are some things that need to be done for the greater good. And we may have to, again, I'm, white people can go to PTA meetings because they might have someone to watch their kids. Whether they pay them or not, Does it? they figure out a way to get there. So we have to figure out ways to help each other to get to, so we can get in front of people who need to hear us. And we need to get in front of them and stay in front of them. But again, it's not easy. It's very easy to sit around and talk about it on this podcast. But for it to happen, excuse me, but for it to happen, it's it's a lot harder. Because then there are some people who are going to come at you and be like, don't tell me how to raise my kid. True. I'm with you on that. I think, I do think voting is a part of the solution. Voting doesn't solve everything, but it does make the voices heard and you do get to flex your muscle a little bit. But like you, like I just sent you the picture of Atlanta's budget for 2020. Oh my gosh. It's a $709 million budget for the fiscal year of 2020. And this kind of, I kind of tied the police budget or the city's budget into the water board because I think some of these funds could be allocated to do something in the community. So first off, let me say, again, let let me reiterate, $709 million is what they plan to spend in the year 2022 the top of the budget is police <laughs> and that's 230 million dollars roughly and some change 234,324 um that's at the top of the thing and I, I i screenshotted this because i felt like this was pretty good because i know everybody's like defund the police but i got the water boys and atlanta crime as a dual topic so what I wanted to say was you could see how much money they're spending on police. Next is fire services, non-developmental, transportation, um, parks and recreation, $43 million. But where is that going and, and, and what does it go to? Um, information management, city planning is at $20 million. Executive offices, whatever that is, $18 million. <laughs> I'm thinking it's like, you know, government officials, their offices, like the, to get their inner workings going. But at the bottom, let me go to the last one. It's public works. Zero dollars. Zero dollars. 
grants and community development one million dollars citizens review board at a million dollars and some change what but at the very very bottom there's public works and grants and community development which is a million dollars and public works is zero why can't we allocate some of these funds for some of the other things to go back into the community to start a, a outreach group to get some of these kids off the street and it got me to thinking about everybody was saying get rid of keisha but i know keisha when she first when the pandemic first started last year she tried to create some initiative to help some of these kids get off of the streets but like i don't really know why people don't like keisha i know why some people do um i i'm i don't really know what to think about her but like from what i've seen just the things that i've seen with my eyes or like just read, I think she's done okay. She's, she seems like she has a heart in the right place. But why can't some of these funds go to outreach in the communities or communities that, that need it the most? Where do these dollars go? I can tell you off top that they go where the taxpayers are and that's where the votes are. And so usually the dollars go to where the taxpayers are. If you go to Mosley Park over here off MLK and the West Side, it don't look like the Chattahoochee National River Park. It ain't as nice as that. So why can't we put some of those same funds and energies into some of these communities that need it the most? Dresden Park is which is which is not too far from me. Uh Piedmont Park, of course, they probably put a lot of money into that. But like some of these parks that are a little closer to me, why not put some of these funds into some of those parks? Why not put some of the funds into those communities that need it instead of spending all this money on that? So to tackle the budget, do you think, even though we really don't know, because we're not, we're not police officers, we're not government officials, but do you think two hundred and thirty million dollars is enough for the police to help fight crime in Atlanta? But and I'm, I'm saying this because there has been more and more and more stuff coming out about the water boys committing crimes, breaking in people's cars, doing the smashing grabs on the streets and riding off on scooters because they're probably not getting the money off the corners because so many people out there. When you see 20, 30 kids on a corner, on the corner of, uh, what is it, 17th and Spring Street, like that's crazy. I drive around them, I avoid them. But I do know that sometimes when they're in those clicks from what the police have been releasing and what people have been recording on their phones through the ATL scoop, that a lot of these kids are some of the same kids that are on a corner selling water. So some people saying that defunding the police is why we have this. I don't think we've defunded the police, but I don't think the police, I think people take defunding the police the wrong, the wrong way. But when I see a budget of $230 million, I wonder what does that go to? Of course it goes to salaries, but I know it doesn't all go to salary. It has to go to the fleet of cars. It goes to guns and guns ain't cheap. It goes to ammunition, ammunition ain't cheap. It goes to vests, it goes to outfits, it goes to a lot of different things. But why can't we place some of that money from the police budget into something like more cameras on the, uh, on the corners, like cameras everywhere. Maybe you can get an initiative going where every homeowner or every apartment complex can now have cameras on their street to help better monitor crime. Because that, if the less, the less places, like cameras put you in more places, you don't necessarily need as much manpower to patrol. You do, but you don't because you can't be everywhere. But at least when stuff happens, these cameras can be in the places that the police aren't at that time. So it's like, what can we do to curb crime? And what can we do to help the bottle boys in the in the city? Curbing crime, I don't I I think for a lot of people, they don't being caught doesn't really phase them. 
I don't think that I, I agree. I don't think that them knowing that there's a camera on every street corner or at every apartment complex, I don't think that's going to stop people. That doesn't stop their need for whatever. That, that doesn't stop their need for money. That doesn't stop their need for food, for shelter. So I do think that that a lot that money that is going towards police budgets again defunding the police a lot of a lot of things that cops respond to is not cop business they don't know how to handle mental health situations and so again there are cities that are making task force to take those calls off of policemen and off that's no longer going to be something that cops respond to and it's going to be something that's responded to people who actually know how to handle it so now if you all have less work on your plate you all don't need as much money. And then, yes, moving some of those and then moving further, more of those funds to actually fit the needs of what people need. People don't need more policing. They don't. People need opportunities. People need places for them to to go, to to be housed, to to have food, to, like, that's what people need. People don't need cops arresting them because because they can't get what they need for systemic issues like that. And so community development that those funds should be going to better community development and community development for people who actually need it. I'm not talking about when you said the West side looks different than like the North side. It's not the whole West side now because there is a, upper west side, west side yeah. area that is that is very up and coming and very cute and over there by the water treatment plant all of that is the upper west side and it's very different from if you continue to drive down north side going towards lee street yeah well, so it so putting the putting that money into communities that actually need it but then again, they're going to go back to, like you said, the money is going to go where the votes are. So if these people aren't voting, then they're going to be like, oh, well, you don't want the money. But again, it's not that people aren't voting because we just don't want to. Again, people have responsibilities. And again, this vo- this new voting law is making it even harder for these people to vote. And they know exactly what they are doing. Oh, yes. Yeah, and again, that, I'm going to throw that out there in a minute too i saw that today but go ahead but having more money for community development and then using it to actually develop these communities and developing it for what the people really need is i think stuff like that will go a long way you don't have people in buckhead breaking into you don't you don't have natives of buckhead breaking into cars in Buckhead because they're hungry or because there's not a supermarket in their area. No, Buckhead has a public, a Kroger. Buckhead has two publics, a Kroger. Like, they have everything they need. You go you go to places on the south side. Like, one of my friends, he lives, I can't even, I don't even know where he lives, but it's, it's definitely on the south side. I've never, I've gone to his house a multiple multiple different ways 
coming off of this highway, coming off of that highway, coming off the street this way. I have never, in my, the multiple ways I've gone to his house, I have never passed the supermarket <laughs> going to his house. <laughs> it don't matter what I do. I have never passed the supermarket. I'm like, where do you get food from? Oh, like, no. what is going on? He be barbecuing. I'm like, where do you get all this meat from <laughs> when you be inviting us over? Like, where does this come from? Jeez. And people shouldn't, people shouldn't have to live like that because then, you know, you have you have corner stores and then stuff like that. It's going to be, you know, the stuff is more expensive and don't get me wrong. Like you should have small businesses that you, that you patronize, but you can't do all your, you can't do a whole supermarket run at the, at your local corner store. One, they don't, they don't have everything that you need. They definitely, they, they're not going to have fresh fruits and vegetables and things of that nature. Everything's going to be higher. Like, no, it's it. Those are the things that money should be allocated towards. But again, they're going to say things like, well, because they're not voting for it, clearly they don't want it. I'm like, stop doing that. You all purposely silence these people so you can turn around and say that. And that can be your narrative. But you know that is not true. People don't want to live like this. I, and then it becomes a point where. I, I become I feel like it gets it starts off as people don't want to live like this, then people don't see any way out of it, so they become complacent in it and they think that that is their place in life. They think that that is where they're supposed to be, and they're not gonna go any further. When I was coming back from l a it was I was listening to our podcast that we did before I went to l a and I didn't get to this part before I made it back. I got to this part after I got back and I was like in the airport getting my stuff. But I was watching Juice and that podcast before you had mentioned, um, what were we talking about? We were, you talked about crime in Atlanta again. And hello. Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. It was just, okay. <laughs> it was the first time that you and I had talked about crime in Atlanta and before when I was watching Jews, I just remembered the part where Bishop runs up on Q in school and he's like, I ain't shit. Like, I'm never going to be shit. And it's like he didn't see anything past where he was to ever want to be anything better. And I think that is what happens to people. I think people have hope at some point, but when they keep on getting knocked down and they don't get support then they're just like, I'm never going to go anywhere. And I just have to learn how to make do in the situation that I am in because they are purposely not shown any better situation for themselves. And I think it is very deliberate. I'm with you on that. Um, I, I totally agree. Um, I feel like Instead of just saying where the votes, I think they should just deliberately go into these communities because you can see that there's a need. I don't think Roswell is going to miss whatever funds you're going to give them to their parks and recreation or their, their, their community development. But I do think the people in certain communities would appreciate it and I think that will start to see a real change and that will give them an opportunity to see something other than what they've seen. Massive potholes, violence, food deserts. It's a lot of things that you can help do. But I also think on the flip side, like gentrification plays a big role in this too. 
And so is gentrification good or is it bad? It has its pros, it has its cons. Like, yeah, if they gentrify, they're going to fix the shit up. But it also pushes, the one of the biggest cons is that they push all the people that are native to that community out. And like I've been in Atlanta my whole life, like inner city Atlanta, my whole life, and I've seen it change so much. Like How Mill, like you mentioned about the waterworks, that didn't used to look like that. I remember when How Mill became a thing. That was like two thousand eight, nine, ten. Where people, oh, I'm living in How Mill. Like some of my friends when I was twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, they were living in some of their apartments. They was going to the Walmart. They was going to the shopping centers over there. Um, but I think that. Some of the funds, like, because I really didn't run down the funds because it's a big drop. So, like I said, the police starts at 230 million and some change. Fire services at 100 million. Then they go down to 90 to non departmental, whatever that is. Transportation is 53 million. That That's something that they should put more effort in. Transportation, parks and recs is at 43 million. Information management is at 30 million. And then it starts dwindling down to zero to. To the, to the smallest part where it being a million for grants and public development and zero dollars for public works. But I think they should be able to figure out a way to to redo things because I feel like if you put more things in these communities, like you were saying, your friend doesn't have a supermarket that you've never seen one in this neighborhood, like that can create jobs for that community. They can start to uplift that community, maybe give out grants and, you know, like loans to help black businesses or businesses, businesses in that community start. You know, and I know you said earlier that the the cameras won't um, decrease crime, but I think it's a good deterrent. And I say that because if everyone knows that there are cameras on every corner, or you see a kid wearing a ski mask and thirty, I mean, in ninety degree weather and a hoodie in ninety degree weather, you automatically put, you automatically look at them and you get your camera on them. But that also creates another type of stereotyping. Maybe they like to be hot, but. Ain't nobody in their right mind wearing a hoodie, a group of kids in 90 degree weather. Usually, you know, they might be up to something. But I think that that's one way to do it. Get some drones out there can help curb it. And I got some uh, some more statistics that I that I screenshot. It says Atlanta homicides is up 58 percent and shooting is up 40, followed by New York at 13. Well, I guess they just comparing them. They say crime surges in cities across the country. Chicago is one, two, three, fourth on the list. Portland is up 533%, but I guess Portland been having a lot of like riots and stuff like that going on out there and a lot of like police brutality and stuff. Los Angeles and Philadelphia are next at 22 and 37% for homicides and 51 and 27% for murders. I mean for shootings. Like it's just it's just a lot going on and I think that there's something that needs to be done about this and I know you mentioned that um uh, uh, they, you know, they're making it harder to vote. I did want to mention that I think they're suing the state of Georgia and Brian Kemp. I think I saw that today for violating Act Two or Article Two of some part of the Constitution that they done came up with. So a lot of these things may return to talking about that it keeps people from voting. They can't restrict voting locations and voting hours, and they can't do all these different things. So I think they're about to go to fight over that. But um. I just think that some of these things, if put in a proper perspective, can really change a lot of things for a lot of people. I really, really do. But I definitely think voting is one way, but I don't think that all the dollars should just go to the areas that vote or the people that vote. Because I think this year more people voted in at the city of Atlanta and in, 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 in counties and neighborhoods that typically don't vote. I think some of those dollars should be allocated to that. Georgia was really won because of the, um, the metro Atlanta area. 
But you think about it, yep. it's more people yes. in this area than it is the entire state of Georgia, for the most part. Yeah. Well, I ain't gonna say that. I ain't gonna say that. That that might not be accurate. But there's a lot more people concentrated in this area than there are. They're a lot more spread up. But I, I still want to say that the metro area may have more or just as many. But you have more people in the city that kind of lean the opposite way, the non-conservative way. Um, but I do think that all of these things have a role to play in it. But I definitely think if people weren't so hungry, they weren't having to fight for everything, that crime would go down. Because you don't really see that in places where it's rich. You don't have nothing to fight for. You have everything in the world at your disposal. Money gives you options and um and freedom. And a lot of people don't have options. This is the only option they have, and that's pretty sad. And just like you said, don't do some people really feel like they ain't going to be shit. Like, that's just the way that it is. Like, if you ever just sit down and talk to some of these kids, like, I used to talk to some of the kids in my old apartment complex, just ask them, like, elementary school, middle school, some of the high school kids, just ask them what's on their mind, and you'll be surprised. But I think they need a place where they can go and talk. I think they need a place where they can get some help and some resources. Maybe they can go there and get some snacks, like maybe fresh fruit and things like that food. They may not want to eat it, but it's there. And then if not, they can get some of that food to the homeless or whatever they can do. But I think starting these type of conversations help. And I definitely think that the conversation should definitely be started. Not saying that it isn't, but we need to be having this conversation more. I agree. Because if no one, if no one is expressing these needs then what you know closed mouths don't get fed that's what people will tell you and as much as as much as I would hope that people are good hearted enough to know that there are people who need help and all because they're not talking about it doesn't mean that they don't need it Um, but people are going to a lot of people are going to rely on. They have to hear it being talked about before they can ever think about anybody other than themselves. And so I absolutely agree that um, voting isn't everything and that at some point people just have to realize, hey, these people need help and we should help them. Like we shouldn't have to wait for someone to come begging on our doorstep to do it. Like we should realize that these are humans. They need a supermarket. They need they need they should have a clean park to go into they should they should have places to feel safe as well and those things should be worked on and given to them without having without having to have these outcries or having to have all of these to have this fight for it we should just want to give it to people because it's the it's, right thing to do it's the right thing to do yeah you have it for these people in Roswell and Buckhead and Sandy Springs. Why can it not be in places the bluff, all of Decatur? Because all of Decatur is not the same. A lot of people will go to downtown Decatur, and I'm just like, this isn't all of Decatur, though. Yeah. I want you to realize that. That's funny that you say that because I was telling um, my friend, my doctor friend, we was talking about the, the critical race theory conversations. He was like, uh, I was like, when I think of Decatur, I don't think of downtown Decatur. I think of Wesley Chapel. I think of Columbia Drive. I think of Memorial hey. Drive. I don't think of yeah. that. And I, I forgot what she said, but she knows that there's two different Decaturs, and it was pretty funny. But I'm with you on that. But go ahead. I mean, when I came back from L.A., like I have a really bad habit of 
I will, I'll do things that I probably know is not the safest thing for me to do. Um, again, I don't, no one has the right to run up on me and do anything and disrespect me at all. But I know that it's like, eh, maybe I should have waited to do this. So again, when I got back from LA, it was one in the morning and I, one of my tires was low on air and it wasn't, it wasn't dangerously low. I could have made it home. It was just fine. It was like at 29 and it should be at 33. And I decided, but I was also hungry. And so like everything was closed. So I went to the quick trip on Wesley Chapel and here it is two in the morning. I am putting air in my tire at this quick trip and I'm just like mm, this probably isn't the best idea but here I am doing this and then when I came out of the quick trip I had to make a U-turn to go back the opposite way on Wesley Chapel to get to my house and there was just a guy laying on the median at first I didn't even realize was realize it was a guy I thought it was just a blanket and then I looked and I was like no that is a man laying and it was like so many, and I just thought about, you know, even though it's two in the morning, there have been enough cars that have passed him. And it's like, does anyone even care if this man is alive? Does anyone, like, if this man was literally murdered in the street or just, would, does that matter to anybody? But I'm sure the reaction would have been very different if it was downtown Decatur. I'm sure someone would have called the cops. Someone would have, someone would have done something. And there's also like this Walmart right on the cusp of like up and coming Decatur and the rest of Decatur. Is it grocery? And it's, um, it's, it's shoot. Why can't I think of the name of the street? North Decatur road. Okay. Like over there, like past, why can't I think of past Scottsdale? I know what you're talking about, about the LA fitness and the, the twins. And I know what you're talking about. Yes, so they've built up that area, and it's nice. It's cute. I like it. But sometimes I go in that Walmart, and I realize people don't realize how close they are to not their comfort zone, that everything is not cute little hipster decatur that this is. Because there are a lot of people who are who don't fit that bill, who are not gentrified decatur, who still shop at that Walmart and I have been in a number I've been in there a number of times and those two demographics have clashed and I'm just like bro you all have to realize that this is not all of this is not your bubble right and there are people who I'm sure are pretty upset that all of this is here now and I was even looking up like houses in that area and prices skyrocketed i was like excuse me yeah we you have about lost <laughs> your mind <laughs> yeah but it's like yeah when you come in and when you gentrify these places and you outprice the people who have lived there forever or you don't think that they should or you don't think that they have the right look or would fit in with the organic grocery store that you've decided to slap in the middle of the neighborhood that they've lived in their whole life. What do you expect them to do? Like, what do you really expect people to do? You move into their neighborhoods. You won't allow them jobs in your establishments. You complain about the things they do. 
they've been doing that their whole lives. They have been playing music like that their whole lives. They have been, they've been riding four wheelers and bikes their whole lives. It didn't matter until you came along and now you have a problem with it and it's not fair and it's not how you treat people. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I, I totally agree. Now I will say, I know in my community, like, well, you ain't never really, you ain't never been here, so you, I'm gonna have to send you a picture. But like where I live, is like the pool is like kind of enclosed by the building for the most part. And um, I know since what was it? Is it Memorial Day that's in April, that's in May? Yeah. Since then, people have been throwing like pool parties, and sometimes they get pretty loud and pretty wild because I'm pool facing, so I can hear everything. And I know, mm. like, and in Brookhaven, well, I live in Brookhaven, so it's 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 just a little bit different. Brookhaven hasn't always looked like this. Like this, like this area that I'm in has not always looked like this. It was it was a little more ashier than it is now. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you know, there's a lot of like minorities that live in this area. Like not just black people. It's like minorities, like Indian, Asian, Hispanic you know, like Eastern and Western European people that live in this area, not just the typical hipsters or whatever. But so I'm kind of with them on the noise. I think you should be respectful for, I mean, to your, your neighbors. But I don't see there's nothing wrong with necessarily around four-wheelers, but I don't think you should be holding up traffic either, doing your, doing your stuff. Then again, it is a part of the Atlanta experience, but then again, like, eh, I, don't know, so I don't know if I want to be behind you. When you're doing that, but I'm definitely with people on the noise. Cause the older I get, the less loud noise and obnoxious music I want to hear. Like I like some of the music, but I don't want to hear it right now. Your music is for you, not for me and the rest of the neighborhood. So I know they sent out a thing about the pool. If the pool parties keep going on, they get a little loud and out of thing. They're gonna shut the pool down. And I'm kind of like shut the pool down. <laughs> That's just kind of how I feel. But if people can be respectful, then maybe. People wouldn't feel like that, but I know that's a thing. I know that's a thing. But since you said that, it just made me think of that. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I mean, being respectful of people, I I get it. But it's just like, I feel like they're... I was riding behind the guy on a four-wheeler the other day, and I was annoyed. <laughs> I was like, can you please move? But it's like, when it gets to... Like, you know, I'm just like, can you please move? But then people who want to sit there and call the cops on them and stuff like that, I'm like, come on now, you're wilding. Like, because you, like, give it a minute and you'll be able to go around him. Like, stuff like that. I'm just like, you're you're now, again, you're putting someone in danger because we already know cops don't know how to act. And so there are certain things where I'm just like, you, the complaint, I can I can deal with some complaining and some things I can actually agree with. But when people start, it's when people call cops frivolously and things of that nature. I'm just like, get over it. But then also, I'm also from a naturally very loud and up all night city. So what there city are parts is of that? me. <laughs> Queens? No, the Bronx. Like, oh, my bad, my bad, my it's bad. Just, yo, so many fireworks this past weekend. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we got to talk about your story too. We, maybe we can get to that after this too. But yeah, it's just, I'm just, I'm so used to noise. I'm just like, and then we're one of, we have above ground trains. So if I'm not listening to someone blasting suavemente or someone popping off fireworks all night, 
I'm then hearing police sirens or I'm hearing the train go by. So it's like, for me, noise is something that I am a lot more tolerant of (laughs) than Mm -hmm. other things. Well, well, let me ask you this. Like, this is not on the docket, but how do you feel about black people calling the police on other black people? I have mixed feelings on it. And I say that because okay. I recently had to do it. And I and I, I feel kind of bad for doing it. But I also feel like I was right for doing it. Man, like, like, I, like I don't ever want to like, I want everybody to have fun and enjoy life. But when you're, when you're enjoying life and having fun, interferes with my enjoying life and having fun then we got a problem and like i said like that man when i tell you i'm gonna send you the video of the music just in my house you would think that i don't know if i told you but you would think that the radio was just on like in in my in my room or something but that was outside and then i opened the patio door and it sounded like i was like man it's like i was at a, a concert but i'm gonna send you that so that night i did i did call the police i said hey look like they've been blasting this music since about four five in the afternoon it is now 10 o'clock like i don't want to cancel the party but could you just have somebody go out and say hey could you turn it down i don't want them to necessarily leave because they're having a good time but they're not you know rowdy anything but the music like the lady on the phone she said do you got a radio i'm like no that's actually what i'm calling about like the music is outside and it sounds like i have a radio on like up loud like in the room or something like that so I kind of felt bad because I know how sometimes those situations can hurt. So now I'm Kenneth. I'm Kenneth at the barbecue because they were out there barbecuing. And I felt kind of bad that I that I did it. But I was like, if I do not start this trend of like, not necessarily the trend, but like trying to keep the noise down. The people know that, hey, look, somebody going to call police. Maybe we need to be responsible because people don't seem to have the common sense to do that sometimes. But I felt mm-hmm. like I had to do it in that instance. But I said, look, I don't necessarily want y'all to shut their party down. But just have somebody go out, whether it's security, whether it's the police, and just say, hey, look, could y'all turn that down a little bit? But when you got speakers that belong in Club Onyx out there at the at the gazebo, at the pool, blasting whatever <laughs> music. Like, I'm talking about, I'm 6'1". The speakers, are they had two of those blasting oh, music. Wow. So you can see how obnoxious that is when I got to turn the TV up to 50 to 60 just to hear. I can't even hear, you know, someone sitting next to me talking. That's how loud it was. And so I hated to have to do that. And a lot of people did not, but, but you know, live here, but I hated to have to do it. But I know I wasn't the only one that did it. And for whatever reason, there's more black people in my neighborhood than I thought there were. It's like a mix. It's a mix variety. I see Asian. I see white. I see a couple of Hispanics. I see black people. But I hated to have to do that. I hate having to call the police on my own people just because of how it's gone down in the past with history of just black people in the police or any minority with the police. What are mm-hmm. your feelings on it? Like, how do you feel? And, and, and am I Kenneth at the barbecue? It's, it is hard. Cause there's a part of me that's like, Oh, well, you know, maybe I'll just say something to them myself, but then some, those situations go left. Cause yeah. you don't know how people hundred are of them going. Out there. Exactly. You don't know how people are going to receive it. And sometimes you can dead ass be very nice to people and just be like, hey, it's late. I'm trying to sleep. I don't want you all. I don't want your party to end. Can you all just keep it down? And some people still while out act like they don't care. And so it's like at some point things do get excessive. And again, that's where I would hope that I don't know. Like that's where I would hope that that is not 
But there could be some fact, even if it's just like a faction of the police department who is unarmed and who just deals with complaints that have no type of weapons. And, but then I guess, yeah. you know, you could say that, oh, they might have concealed weapons or something. But like someone who comes out with like non-lethal weapons or something yeah. and is just like, hey, we have a noise complaint that you know you gotta you gotta turn this down if we get another complaint and a fully armed officer is going to come out here and people will be arrested like there yeah like something where i just wish that there was like an in-between person who could help de-escalate this or help you know who can help the situation because you don't want to put yourself in danger. And again, not assuming that this, you just don't know what's going to happen when you approach certain people. Because some people just, they just, it doesn't, you say anything to them and they take it as an issue, even yeah. if you come at them respectfully. So it's hard. It's hard. Um, I'm very, I'm reluctant to do it. I really have to be at a breaking point to do that i don't i can't think of a time where i've done it i can't i can't think of it i've called the cops a very few and far between for things so i definitely haven't done it but i just know that i would really really have to be like at a breaking point where i would where that would be my solution yeah and that's kind of how i feel because i've never really had to do it even when i seen like you know like like things that could be in trouble. Like I know they had, they had, they had weed, they had, they had drinks and stuff like that. But when the police came, they was like, "Fuck twelve, man. Fuck twelve, y'all lame as hell." You know, they were just going off on them. Now imagine me going out and saying, "Hey, look, y'all." Like when I say it's a lot of people, like the pool, you couldn't get in the pool. Like there was no standing room. That's how many people it was at the pool. And I'll show you what the pool looked like empty. And I'll see if I can show you the picture of the pool around six o'clock when they started to like pile in. But when they left, it was cups. It was trash everywhere. And people were just 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 acting a little, a little weird. But like my thing is like, what made you think it was OK to do this all night long, like from three? Like it started out. OK, I'm like, OK, cool. It's a little, you know, I can tell you got a little boom box out of boom. Y'all brought in them fucking clubs because I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. And they did that a couple other times. And I thought Juneteenth was going to be that way, but it wasn't. Mm. And I'm glad that it rained, but it wasn't that way. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, nah, I hate to have to call the police on Juneteenth, but I was like, I'm going to let them rock on Juneteenth. But I, I, I felt the way about doing it because I've seen those situations turn back. And I do know some, when they saw the police flash their light, some people got up and left. And they probably had like weed on them or whatever. They might have some kind of pills or whatever. So they kind of they bounced like, oh shit, time to go. And you've seen a, a huge people a huge amount of people leave when they saw like the police walking up in the lights or whatever. Um, but a lot of the people stay, but I know why those people left probably because of that. And that's probably the best thing to do, but it's never an easy thing to call the police on anyone, especially with the way things are going in this current climate. So I just want to get your views on that. Yeah. And maybe that's something that cops should be trained to do. Cause I don't think, you know, just to come up and flash the lights and see if that gets any type of reaction. That's no contact. So then it's no contact for you, Mr. Cop, who became a cop, but you're allegedly scared of every fucking thing on the planet. And there's no, you know, there's no contact for the other people. 
who may have, you know, things that they shouldn't have, shouldn't be out, whatever, whatever. So maybe that would even be just like a better protocol to start with. Just flash your lights. And then if you don't, you know, wait around and if things don't change after doing that, then maybe it's time to make contacts. But I mean, everything doesn't have to be, you know, you have to come in there, Billy Badass, trying to rough people up. And then everything doesn't have to be that, that it's a confrontation with the cops whenever they come around. So that might be with how cops are set up now. Cause we know we don't have task force now. We don't have any of those things. But we know that we have cops and cop cars and they have lights. So maybe let's try that first before you all come through trying to shut shit down. Yeah. And like, I know they got on the horn first because like, it's like it's enclosed, but there is a section where they kind of go back down to like the rest of the apartment because it's like a, a walking area. They got like little activities where you can play like bocce ball. And I forgot that. Is it cornhole? You throw the little little bean back to yeah. the thing? It's like a little area. So they came up that area. They said Brookhaven police. And all you heard, all you heard was like about a bunch of commotion and people leave. It was like, oh shit, time to go. Cause like I, when I say I'm close to the pool, like I'm really like close to the pool. Like I'm probably like 10 feet away from the pool, maybe 20. But they, I want to say the police did handle it right. They came out there and talked to them. They, you can hear them saying, cause they had a DJ out there. So he had a <laughs> microphone. He like, hey, hey, you know, just going crazy on the mic. I'm just like, look, uh, uh. The music was cool, but when you get on there and the girls dancing and stuff, so they're like, oh, oh, they just going crazy on the thing. I got, I got. I'm, I'm gonna send you the video, but I think they got out there and handled. So you could hear everything that the police was saying because Buddy had a mic out there and they were just saying, hey, look, you guys are disturbing your neighbors. We don't want to mess up the fun, but you guys got to turn this off. They was like, what time? They was like, usually the noise ordinance is after 10. It's after 10. You guys got to turn this off. They're like, can we just turn it down? They was like, no, because you might get loud. Then we have to hit another call. Then we got to make a report. You could hear what they were saying. So they came out respectfully. It was a man in the late. I don't know what race they were, but they didn't sound black. Maybe one of them did, but just looking, I was looking at the Brookhaven Police Department and I don't, it just don't seem like there's a lot of black people on there. Just from what I've looked at, like some of the employees. Um, but they came out, They had, I will I will give them credit, they handled the situation pretty good. They said, you guys don't have to stop partying, but you guys gotta turn the music off. And like if it, but when they came up, they was like, it, it definitely sounded like it's a concert out here. Like we heard you guys before we even turned down the street. That we could mm. hear it. It sounded like you was going to like Lakewood to go to um Battle of the Bands. Not been Battle well, that or like birthday <laughs> bands. And I tell you that shit was loud. It was loud. So I, I will get them, you know, get them a little credit for that. But I think interactions like that help build good rapport and good trust with some some police in particular when they do when they can come out and do something like that. But I'm with you. You've always said they need somebody to handle things like that, like public disputes you know, Norse ordinance or, you know, like people loitering in front of your building that you know don't belong there or unpark, you know, like illegally parked cars and things like that. They need somebody to come do that. So maybe some of that police budget that we were talking about can go to stuff like that instead of arming them like military people. Like there's no reason you should have an M16 for a routine traffic stop. But then again, the way people have been having guns and getting guns stolen, maybe, I don't know. So, but I, I will say that was something, but I, I felt bad about it, but I was like, I'm trying to go to sleep. I'm trying to enjoy Lovecraft Country right now, and I don't want to hear this. Yeah, understandable. But I'm not calling just because I see some people who, you know, just, just chilling. 
Now, I do kind of wonder why you're just hanging out in front of the building like that when you got a porch or a patio or plenty walking trails around here. Go hang out there. I'm not doing that. I'm not calling the police on the people at the gas station, even though I think it's weird for you to be hanging outside the gas station. I know what you're doing out there, and the police know what you're doing out there, but why are you hanging out in front of a gas station? It's kind of weird to me. It's hot, too, so being in the house with some AC. But it's just, I'm not doing any of those things or anybody like, you know, doing anything. But if you're not harming anybody, I, I don't want to call. But if you look like you might cause some harm, like you're speeding, you're drinking, you know, things like that, um, you know, I probably would call for that. But I'm real reluctant to call. And that was my first time having to do it. And I didn't really like how it felt, but I, I was happy with the results. I will say that. Okay, good. But like, so your complex, they didn't have to, like, submit something to the complex to have oh. a pool party that late well i guess since covid they usually have a place because we got like this clubhouse center that's like it's pretty big it's pretty it's a pretty big clubhouse the pool area is pretty big and there's like three grills and a gazebo and you know like little tanning places where you can kind of i'll send you a picture or something but um they uh you're supposed to reserve these things, but I guess since no one's really working due to COVID and stuff like that, they kind of shut that down because we weren't supposed to be having gatherings, but people start gathering on their own and they haven't opened up the port, but you're supposed to reserve those things. And if you're out there having a party and I want to grill and you got a hundred people out there now, I can't grill because you're out there. So I think that's why they do that for those things. And, you know, you would think people would just go grill, you know, they got a couple hot dogs, they got a couple steaks or a salmon, they want to throw in a grill and you would go back. But if you're having a party, I understand you want to grill, you want to get the food going, I get it. But they're, I don't think they really seem to have any rules when it comes to it, as long as you're not being loud and you're not getting any complaints. When the police does come out, they have to leave a, a complaint, not the complaint, but have to file a report, which you gotta let you know why they came out each time. So that's why I think prompted them to send out that uh, that email saying that, hey, you guys are getting a little too loud. From this point on, we will be calling the police because you're disturbing your neighbors, you know. So and right now, usually on Fridays, you probably could it'll, it'll be people out there, but there's not too many people out there now. I heard music okay. before we started, but it wasn't loud. You could tell somebody probably had like a Beats peel or whatever. You can hear it because it's 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 the it's it's echoing the ambiance from it and all of that thing. Um, okay, but they're they there isn't like any real rules against parties, but they have, they have rules where it's like everybody who should be at the pool should be accompanied by a leaseholder and only two people per leaseholder basically. And so there should never be a hundred people because everyone isn't out there for that same function at the pool because it would have been a flyer going around and permission given. So that it's like little rules like that are in place and you must be accompanied by these people and your noise and it got to end by 10, the pool closed at 10. But if you're out there and you're not doing anything, Stay as you want. They kind of like laxed on that, but okay. But that's pretty much it for that, though. But I do know they were wild, and the last two weekends <laughs> they weren't. But I'm telling you, man, that, that speaker was as big as me, and I'm not a little guy. Like I'm pretty tall. I'm not. I don't think I'm tall. But when it, if if an object is tall as me or taller than me, and I'm like, hey, that's a big ass fucking speaker. So, yeah. So it was one of those. When I said he was like, hey, hey, all right, girl. Like, he was just like, oh, he was going crazy. He thought he was really DJing. And it was like, oh, and he was talking to the neighbors that was out on the balcony. But you can tell that people were calling because everybody came out and took pictures and videoed. And I didn't see it on ATL Scoop or anything like that. But I, I could tell that they were calling because I could hear the neighbors next door saying, look, this don't make no damn sense. 
But like they were loud, man. I thought it was like birthday bash. Like they were wild, wild, wild. Wild, wild. But anyway, let's see what else we got in the docket. Let's see what else we got in the docket. Um, T Pain and Usher. Did you hear about that? No. Okay. Well, T Pain and Usher just happened to be on the same flight. And I guess Usher was in business class or first class. I'm not sure what T-Pain was, but I guess T-Pain was sleep on a plane from what he says. And he says that Usher, the, the flight attendant said Usher wanted to highlight him, send him up here. And he, basically T-Pain said that Usher told him that he ruined music or R&B because of auto-tune. And I didn't know, I don't know if that's true, but that's what T-Pain says. He got, he got like this clip going around where he's saying it. I just don't feel like Usher's that person. I've met Usher because he used to be his his one of his kids to be a patient of mine, and Usher never really seen that way. And we might be related because him his his mom and my family share the, share our last name, and it's not too many people that have that last name. But anyway, well, dang, I probably shouldn't said that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to bleep that out because <laughs> now people are gonna go look and then figure out that it's right. Me, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bl- I'm gonna blank that out. <clears throat> But anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna blank all that out. But in the end, I don't know who who cares that much. But I might have to blank it out or some of it out. But uh, but yeah. So that I just sounds... I think it's crazy. Like I wouldn't say that T Pain ruined music. Like I wouldn't say that I can't. And, but T Pain said he went into about depression after that, and I can kind of see because Usher's my favorite male singer. At least up to a certain point. Like now, he ain't really making music like he used to. So now I'm kind of getting into like leaning towards Miguel's voice. I kind of like Miguel's voice. But if I'm an artist and this is somebody I've looked up to, and you telling me that I ruined R&B or I killed music because of auto tune, then I might feel away a little bit of a way too. But I kind of don't. All that just don't seem like something Usher would say. That just sounds like a wild story altogether. Like why? Yeah. Like why would that happen? Yeah, that that's strange. That's strange. But I don't think that T Pain ruined music because of auto tune. Um, again, it's something. Things are going to evolve. Things are going to change. Things are not going to be the same. So, are there some people who absolutely cannot sing and can't write, have no musical talent at all, but then hop on auto tune? tune their voice and it becomes a bop absolutely are there people who can use auto-tune and maybe they're not the best singer but they can write they can perform like they have some type of musical inclination and auto-tune just makes them sound better yeah yes so i think that everyone is every people are going to use some things well and people are going to use some things and people are going to misuse some things. There are people who are going to take something and and milk it for what it's worth. And auto tune is the only good thing about this person. They can't. None of their lyrics are good. Their stage presence is presence is trash. Like there is nothing good about this person outside of their ability to auto tune stuff. Yeah, it's gonna happen. There, it auto tune is not the only thing that that has ever happened with. I'm sure you saw <laughs> there was a video it's like this girl DJing and all she's doing is 
turning the volume up and down and the crowd <laughs> is going crazy and someone said something about it and the girl responds and she was like and i do that shit again because like, <laughs> someone fucking paid her ass to do it either way and so yeah every there's always going to be someone who misuses something so i don't think that the use of auto-tune has ruined r&b i think if anything has ruined oh, r&b men i don't know who the hell you all think you are but men don't beg enough for me in r&b why you all not dancing in the desert in leather anymore why you all not singing in the rain to get your girl back that's what ruined r&b you all got some pride about Ooh. yourselves and i don't like that i don't like Ooh. that <laughs> that's what ruined r&b I think T-Pain, not T-Pain, but Auto-Tune more so ruined rap for me because everybody got it on a thing now. It's just kind of annoying. Like, I want to hear your real voice. I want to hear the pain in your voice. I want to hear your voice taking up an octave because you can't hit a note. Like, I think it's okay when you sing. Like, I think it's okay when you sing. Like, everybody uses Auto-Tune. Beyonce uses Auto-Tune. Usher uses Auto-Tune. It's just how you use it. A lot of people didn't use it the way T-Pain did, but T-Pain wasn't the first person to use Auto-Tune. Zapp and Roger, Orange Juice Jones, like a lot of the sounds in the 80s, like, like those sounds like that, those synthetic sounds and synths. Those are all 80s sounds and early 90s sounds. Like, that's where that comes from. He just kind of, like, took it and did something else with it and kind of pioneered a different thing. Because when you think about it, without T-Pain, we might not have got 808s and Heartbreaks. There might not be a Drake. There may not be a Kid Cudi. And Kid Cudi and T-Pain kind of helped pioneer that that sound. And then Drake and Kanye West kind of, like, rode it a little bit. So I wouldn't say that T-Pain ruined it. I don't know if he was just messing with him. Was it tongue-in-cheek? Was he serious? I don't know. But I wouldn't say T-Pain ruined it because T-Pain can really sing without the auto-tune. One of my favorite songs, he does not use auto-tune. It's called Keep Going. Um, he sounds really good. But everybody uses auto-tune. They just don't use it the way that T-Pain kind of like made his voice sound like electronic. Like everybody uses auto-tune. You can hear it. It just picks your voice up where it falls off at. Like I can't hit high notes, but if I use auto-tune, it may, it may elevate or stretch out my, my vocal inflections on record or on the digital, you know, like how we're recording now. It'll pick that up. Yeah, and that's all auto tune does. But if you turn it up too much, you can you can and play around with the little the knobs. You can do what T Pain does, and I think a lot of people do that now. Like Lil Wayne, Lil Baby, some of the Migos, Future for sure. He's probably the biggest user of it now. Like you can kind of yeah. tell that they do it. So I wouldn't say he ruined R&B. I would say rap a little bit like just it's just overdone in rap but i think auto-tune is a cool thing just when it's done in moderation you know yeah yeah i don't think that's again that's a wild story to begin with like why would you send like why would you do all that but yeah even if it is true that that happened i don't i definitely don't think that t-pain ruined r&b with auto-tune absolutely not Interesting. So let me ask you this. Give me your top three male singers and give me your top three um, female singers. I have no idea. What? Well, Beyonce, of course. Oh, here we <laughs> go. <laughs> Beyonce and Rihanna. Um, you like Rihanna a lot? I do. Is, um, is it the Island Connection or is it just her music? 
It's her. It's both. But I really feel like I again. I think it's been a beautiful evolution to watch. I really think it has been like Auntie was. You know, hearing Ponda replay, I would have never thought that tracks on Auntie. That's where she would end, and I've been that's I think it's one of her, if not her best album to date. Mm-hmm. Um, I am still with everyone else waiting for R9, um, foolishly thinking it will happen, but I think she's blissfully living her life doing everything else other than recording an album. Okay. But I will I will continue to wait. But like of all time, that's really hard because then there's, there's, there's Whitney and there's Mariah. Well, give me give me and your then, favorite artist that you're listening to now. Well, that that's a little easier. Uh, well, I always listen to Beyonce and Rihanna and uh, Stefan Don for women. <sighs> Men is harder. Well, Bruno Mars. Okay. Um. I I'm real ooh. It might be hard to do the men cuz it don't seem like it's it's too many of them out there now. And I feel like again, it's contemporary R&B now I feel is very different from the R&B that we used to know. And it's like there are people who I like but I just feel like they don't have I don't for male R and B now. I just don't feel like there's. I feel like people don't have as much longevity. Like Rihanna and Beyonce have been around for years. You know, I feel like because I was about to say Bobby Sessions, but it's just like while I like him, it's just like his body of work isn't He's a comparable to. Uh oh. Well, no, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh. That was my first time hearing a song by him. And I played that it's song like, by accident. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then that's another... I don't know how I did that. It's like, I feel like for me, he kind of... I feel like there's a lot of people who told the line mm-hmm. in between. And you did say singer. I don't... Oh, for a minute, it's so hard. Outside of just saying Bruno. Um... I always Miguel, but has Miguel. he done anything recently? I know he re-released something, uh, Art Gala Chic, but I know his last album that I like was it. Is it Love and War? I'm not sure uh, if that's what it's called. Let me look it up. I, I like that, but I like I like when he features on things. He has a great voice to me. Let's see. I know I got it in my phone. Miguel. War and Leisure. Oh, War and Leisure. That's what it is. I love that one. That's probably my favorite one. I think that's better than Kaleidoscope Dreams to me. It's just, but again, like his last, that was 2017. I'm really trying to think of like someone in 2020 or 2021 who I feel, I don't think I've ever, I don't think for men doing R&B now I don't think I've really taken to someone like people will have songs that I like but I don't I'm I don't sit there and I'm not excited to listen to 
a whole album. I'm not going to play it over and over like I would with the Miguel album or Bruno Mars album. Like Khalid, he had some songs, like but him. there's nothing there's nothing about me that makes me want to listen to song to like listen to a whole album, listen to songs over and over. Bryson Tiller, I think might have been the closest to oh, maybe a, a newer guy who I feel like I would listen over and over. But then again, I also doesn't have a huge body of work. What about let me let me give you mine and maybe 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 that'll help. For men, my all time is Usher. I really like Chris Brown now. I like Miguel, but I wasn't gonna put uh uh Chris Brown in until just now. But I thought about Anderson. I love Anderson. Like, I don't know if he qualifies as R&B. I think he does, like, neo-soul and R&B. But then he also raps. But I like more of his... I like I like everything he do pretty much. Well, I ain't gonna say everything, but most things he do. Um, what about Black? Do you, what about you? Do you like Black? Again, a couple of songs, couple songs, but nothing has ever, like, compelled me to really want to listen to a whole Black album. Mm, what about St. John or... What's the other guy? St. John is okay to me. Um, it's this new guy. He look a little weird. I can't think of his name. What, what about The Weeknd? Oh, shoot. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why that didn't, why he didn't pop up. Like, I love The Weeknd so much. Like, yeah, I feel again another person who I feel growth and evolution has been beautiful and still just like puts out consistently good stuff. Like, yeah. Interesting. For women, I'm gonna have to go. Alicia Keys has always been my favorite, but she hasn't really put out any music. So my my new list is gonna be her number one, Sabrina Claudio. And I like Alex Isley. I played a little bit of her earlier, like right before you told me you was ready. I played a little bit of it. Um, but I like her, Alex Isley, uh, Sabrina Claudio. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of uh, women out there doing a lot a lot of good R and B. Tempest. I played her earlier. Uh, Alina is. I think her name is Alina Barres. Uh, Sinead Harnett. It's a lot of good people out there. For for women, but it's not so much for for men. I like Frank Ocean's voice, but I don't like all the Frank Ocean's work. Like I don't know if it's some of the lyrics. <laughs> I don't know if it's just some of the beats he chooses too. Like Pyramids isn't that great to me. I like a certain section of Pyramids, but it's just it's just really weird. But he has a good voice on everything I've heard him on. I think I think I'm more into like select songs too when it comes to a lot of things. Okay, and I just realized that I completely flubbed the assignment because Stefan Don is definitely hip hop and is not a singer. So I, I thought about that, but I was like, that. maybe, maybe. I was like, maybe <laughs> no. she heard some. I did. <laughs> no, I did not. She's not a singer. I don't know how I got to that. It's all Summer Walker is another one. Again, just not a very lengthy body of work, but I mean, it's still very, very good. Jasmine Sullivan's another. Like, Jasmine oh, yeah. Sullivan, I think, is very underrated. Oh, yeah, very, very. I forgot about Jasmine. I know I like I like some of her new stuff she's been coming out doing, too, but she has always had a great voice. Yes. 
But I will say for Summer Walker, some of her earlier stuff I like, but now I'm like, uh uh-uh, turn that off now. (laughs) I can't do it. I cannot do it. That's how I feel about Chris Brown. Like when you said Chris Brown, I think both of them, for me, I feel like some of their, I don't like her newer stuff as much as I like her earlier stuff. And then also I think that things that they have surrounding, excuse me, things that they have surrounding them in their personal life also makes them harder to stomach, um, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. I feel you. Um, yeah, I didn't like Chris Brown earlier's work. He had some good songs. I think I started liking him a little bit after Take Take You Down and Transform Me. Then I heard Autumn Lee's, and I was like, okay, let me let me go. And like now, I like more of his stuff. But I guess it's because he's grown and like where he was in life wasn't where I was in life, especially when it came to relationships. Because I don't been through some shit. I don't seen some shit. So I needed some grown people stuff. And I guess that's why I kind of took more to Usher because. When I was in high school, Usher was the man. And so, you know, like, I listened to a lot of his stuff, you know. Um, I think that's what that was. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not a bad list of, uh, of artists. But I would like to see more from people. I think I would like to see more longevity. I like to see more consistency from people too. And just like constant buzz or at least every year or every other year, I would like to hear something. Or just like, you know, throw us a little EP or like some, you know, just some Lucy's or something like that. Yeah. But then again, when you start with that, and if it's good, I want more as I continue to wait for Silk Sonic. So, yeah. Yeah. Because Silk Sonic was came out like what, March, right? Somewhere around there. March, like, April. It, it's now, it's ludicrous. Like, this is torture. It's not fair. This like the J. Cole Kendra album. This shit ain't coming. <laughs> 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 I think that's what it is. I think that's what this is. Um, Let's see. What else we got in there? They, 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 they did us in with that one. Um, I think that's it. I think we covered all the topics. All the pertinent ones, but we we could talk about. And I want to I want to correct myself because I did butcher the uh, your your song of the week. I don't know how I end up playing that instead of uh, Heaven on Earth. I do not know. I, I I thought I hit Heaven on Earth. I thought I hit that, but apparently I did it. And I was like, this don't sound like man. Oh wait, he gonna talk about Heaven on Earth? I was like, well, it is a luxurious beat, Rick Ross on it. Okay, I get it. But I never looked down and saw that the wrong song was playing. So guys, if you if you still interested in that song, go out and look for that song. Support the artist. Like as always, like, share, subscribe. You know, those things help not only us, but it also help those artists as well. But yeah, I had to correct myself on that. I really did. But but how, how was your, uh, remember you said you wanted to tell me about your New York trip because we were talking about the senses and I want to say you said you smelled something. I didn't smell, well, of course I smelled stuff, but um, so what, my cousin, we have a cousin's group chat and she dropped in the group chat that she's having a Juneteenth picnic. And um, picnics has always been a thing for my family, like ever since my childhood. We had this park we went to, we had this huge rock and this tree that was our spot. And we was lit all day. So (laughs) with COVID, of course, like that hadn't been a thing. We hadn't had a picnic in a long time. And like everyone else, like 2020 into 2021 have been a hard year for us. So when I saw this, I was like, yo, I have to pull up on my family and surprise them. And 
So everyone was talking about it, and I was just like quietly like, I'm going to buy a plane ticket. Um, usually when I go back to New York, I stay with someone. Um, I stay with one of my aunts. But again, I was the point was to surprise everybody at the picnic. And also, I didn't just want to like pull up one night and be like, hey, can I sleep on one of the spare beds? Like, that's rude. Like, boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just, I got an Airbnb in Queens for the first two nights. Um for the surprise and then um picnic was on saturday again juneteenth pulled up on my family again no one knew that i was coming everyone was excited to see me one of my cousins was like who is this spanish lady because i'm walking up so what this was not the normal park that we have our picnics at um when she put it in the chat i looked at it, i was i've never heard this park before and i was like, i guess this is new i guess this is where they've been doing their picnics but um apparently everybody had no idea what this park was and even going to the park it's wild because it's like you go through like all these warehouses and when we were waiting for our uber to come pick us up we saw all these amazon trucks passing by and so i guess there's like an amazon warehouse back there i don't know but it was just like it's just all these warehouses all these warehouses all these warehouses and then suddenly there's this clearing and there's this park (laughs) and we're like what the who dropped this back here like what is going on but so i had never been there so i'm just walking through the park trying to look like not suspicious and find my family because there are other people picnicking i have my sunglasses i have my mask on and apparently when i walked up and i started walking through the picnic one of my cousins was like who is this spanish lady walking through our picnic she don't see her people here and i'm just (laughs) like why do you all like i don't again Whenever people think that I'm Spanish, I'm like, I don't see it. I just don't see it. You don't think you look Dominican or Puerto Rican? I don't. And it's like, it's so, str- I guess because I'm so like, I'm bliggity bliggity black. Like, I just cannot <laughs> fathom anything else. Like, outside of, I was very young. I was maybe like five. Two of my guy cousins convinced me I was white just because I'm so light skinned. And I remember being on my parents' bed, like they're sitting me down, and I'm like, I'm white! And they're like, no, you're not. (laughs) That's crazy. And you said your cousin thought you, you said your cousin was like, who is this Hispanic lady? Yes, and then the wild thing is, this is a cousin who I see more than anyone else, because she lives in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just like, where do you all get this from? And so... um, hearing it wasn't really when we were at the picnic after the picnic we went to another house party and um one of my cousins he's the resident dj so he was djing at the other house party and he was just playing like all these throwback songs that just reminded us we there's this one apartment where three of my aunts have lived my whole life um and that was like the gathering spot like whenever we would go to church like we'd all go to church on Sundays and all the cousins would sleep over at the apartment some of the aunts would sleep some of the other aunts would sleep over because it was just close to the church and then we'd all take cabs to church in the morning and um so we would just we would be there for the weekend and they'd play music we'd watch movies and hearing those songs it just took us back to just like being little kids and dancing in the kitchen and those memories that we had with one another. And it was just like, it reminded me of us talking about the senses and 
certain senses being able to take you back to to certain moments in time and then there were other there were like smells of the bronx that took me back to other times being in the bronx and smelling things in the bronx like good dominican food chinese food um fresh baked bread from like caribbean bakeries stuff like that like those things took me back as well but it was like it was good to just be back and be with my family and be able like to have those memories. Cause you know, sometimes I'm home and I'm playing those songs and it's like, it takes me back, but that's not the same because all of my family isn't with me. So it was cool to, it was real nice to experience it and then have them there and to have those moments. And we're all like, Oh yeah. You remember we used to dance to the kitchen and to, to this in the kitchen and just, just have fun and be with one another again, again. Cause like so many of them, we, like, despite me being in a different state, again, because of COVID, so many of them hadn't even gotten together like that in a long time anyway. So it was cool for all of us to have that moment for the first time together in a while. Well, that is good. But yeah, that, that is true. Like, your senses are, are more important than people think about. They have a lot of things tied to them. But um, that's not, that's not bad. Well, when do you think you're going to go back up there? Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Next Thursday? <laughs> Next Thursday, July 1st. So my cousin, like, with us, we are some pretty welcoming people. So, like, my cousin's wife, so technically she's my in-law, but she was like, my her youngest daughter is having a birthday party on the 2nd, and then one of my older cousins, um, like, she was my favorite cousin when I was a kid I wanted to be like her so badly she had braces I wanted to have braces so I would suck oh, my man. thumb incessantly to try and my teeth up really man, hello yeah sorry my airpods just died but yeah I would suck my thumb incessantly to try and be like her um yeah so oh. she is having a birthday party the weekend after and I was like, well, we're having back-to-back birthday parties, so I might as well just fly up for the first one, take my work laptop, I work remotely anyways, just work the whole week in New York, and then be there for the next birthday party. So that's the plan. <laughs> I'm going back on Thursday. Interesting. I guess that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. We're going to have to... Uh... You got to give us more uh, wild adventures of Jen Walters and Dykeman. The next time. Yo, so why? <laughs> the first night I got in, again, I was staying in Queens, and I have a guy I know who lives in Queens, and I let, I let him know that I was coming. And so we went out, and he was like, after we we went out in Queens, and he was like, oh, well, we can, he was like, well, we can go to the Bronx, or we can go to Dykeman. You know, the Bronx isn't closed until 6 in the morning, blah, blah, Is blah, Dykeman. Oh, yeah, <laughs> very oh, true. <laughs> like whenever I have anything to do in early on, early in the day in the Bronx, you no one's on the street because people don't people don't wake up early in the Bronx, like because we're out till six in the morning. Interesting. <laughs> and then we come alive around noon, two o'clock, and then we're up until six. It's a lovely place. I'm gonna go. I haven't been. I know I walked through, you know, like, you know, Manhattan Times Square. I rode the train from there to Queens. 
I'm not sure what I had to cross to get there or go through, but that was it. I kind of walked around there for a little bit, but I didn't really get to go too, too far. But I knew I was on Jamaica. Is it is it South Jamaica, Jamaica Avenue? In Queens, yeah. Yeah, I was there. I remember some things. But I'm going to have to definitely get back out there. I want to go in the summertime when it's warm, but I like New York when it's cold, like early spring or fall. That's what I, That's what I like the most. Those are my favorite times for New York as well because there's no snow because snow is not pretty. It turns into slush. It's nasty. Mm -hmm. It's gray. It's disgusting. And then summertime, they like, it's, it's so damn hot. It is so hot. Like on top, so me just never being able to get ready on time coupled with I just didn't want to walk to the train station. I didn't get on MTA at all the whole time I was there. I Ubered mm -hmm. everywhere because I was like, it is so hot. I just <laughs> did not want to walk to the train station at all. But yeah, being there for a week, I definitely can't do that. <laughs> Next week, I will go broke. But, mm -hmm. and it's strange, like a lot of people, people will complain about the Bronx because there's a lot of hills. So people don't like to walk in the Bronx. And my friend who lives in Brooklyn, I just told her that I was coming back. And she was like, oh, I have to see you. And she was like, I can come to the Bronx. She was like, there are places in the Bronx that I want to eat. And I was like, I have never in my life heard anybody <laughs> say that. Like, because I can't really think of, like, legitimate restaurants in the Bronx. Like, I can think about Chinese takeout and pizza. There's this one place by Yankee Stadium that has, like, really good pancakes. That's maybe the only place where I've ever heard people that, oh, yeah, I want to go go to the Bronx and eat, but it's not, you know, it's not the meatpacking district in Manhattan. There's not restaurants there. Not that I know of. Maybe I'll be, I mean, I just, I'll go and I'll get a beef patty at the Jamaican store. That's what eating in the Bronx is. So, but she sent me the Instagram page and it does look good. So hopefully we get to go there next week or well, no, I doubt it'll be next week. I think it'll be that first full week in um, July when I'm there. But, yeah, like, a lot of people just don't like coming to the Bronx because it's very hilly, and so they don't like walking around in the Bronx. And I'm just like, whatever, toughen up. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to check that out, man. I'm going to have to check that out and let you know. Yes, you should. It's a, It's a lovely place greatest city in the world i told you i used to always wonder like what like i used to be anti-new york and anti-la but i was more open to new york than la i just don't know why i think i just i don't know it was just something about it but i guess like being over here on the east coast i think atlanta has you know we were more open to new york's music we got it first before we got california music i'm assuming so it was just like a little bit, I think it was more relatable to me than that, but just some of the stories I would hear growing up from people, like how they was on the train, they was on the stoop and the brownstones, or they was to go over here and you know, it's like why I know Dykeman so well, I don't know, <laughs> but I hear it a lot. That's why I tell everybody from Dykeman. You know, I know like, you know, like some of the projects and some of the things you learn through music and things like that, but I always wonder like what life would be like just kind of growing up in that type of environment and just being able to ride the train wherever you want to go and just 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 being free range kids and you know just doing whatever. But I'm gonna definitely have to go and just kind of you know just really take it in, like just just take it in because I think the first time I went I was there kind of on business, but I always make whatever business I do pleasure too. So I'm gonna have to check it out. 
next time like when I'm not necessarily doing anything where I can actually like be a tourist and get the I love New York hats and shirts and look like a clown okay Prince Akeem yeah, man. we're in New York like now yeah. let us dress as New Yorkers yeah that's exactly Mm-mm. what I'm about to do <laughs> but I was like if I do that I might look like a target be my something. exactly but yeah man I think that's it though um we gotta get close to rapping time, so now we gotta get into the songs of the week. What have you been listening to? Um, so going back to the not singer, but rapper Stefan Don, I've been mm. listening to her song "Pretty Girl" a lot. Um, okay. That whole yeah. album, I love it. Secure, but "Pretty Girl" is like a standout track for me. And then it's like the video for it. Reminded me of, um, it was just just random. I randomly put it on my watch list for Netflix. I think because when I was looking for Top Boy, I put it on there. It probably showed up because it was another, it was a British movie called Honey Trap on Netflix. And the video reminded me a little of Honey Trap because it's like she's, um, the girl's from Trinidad and then she goes to Brixton to go live with her mother and she's not accepted in school and like girls make fun of her and that's kind of what like the video for Pretty Girl is like and so it just reminded me of that okay um I don't know what my song is yet but I might go with uh um I don't know. I'm gonna go with uh. I might not have played this on here. I think I'm gonna go with "Little Things" by Sunny Cologne. I think I'm gonna go with that. That sounds like a good one. Just the name and the artist. It sounds good. I think you'll like it. It's it's a pretty good song. I think I think that's what I'm gonna go with. Um, I don't know. It's so many things that I like. I got so many songs, but I kind of really want to play a Katrina song. So I don't know, but we're gonna. Say, I think I might go with Sunny Cologne though. I think I'm gonna go with that. Let's see how that goes. But anyway, guys, that that wraps up our show. Thank you for tuning in, like, share, and subscribe. Hopefully, we didn't make it too racy for you, but we can't make progress without making some people uncomfortable. Anytime change has to occur, there has to be some type of resistance, or you have to be uncomfortable to change and grow and to evolve. So these things are healthy conversations, healthy dialogue. Keep that in mind. We're not here to offend. We're here to educate and create conversations that people will not be having otherwise. So feel free to write in, even if it's something like what the guy from Georgia, Earl from Georgia said, write in, let us know. We can talk about it. Well said. Was it was it good? I I, I was working on that for like the past ten seconds. I was just like, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I have been thinking about coming up with an intro, but I kind of like like what we did today when I told them this is uh this is your host A one, and I I used to fly to school on bald eagles. I like that one. I thought that was pretty cool. And I, th- I like what you said too. I had a mute. You said you had a mute too in the basement. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> but I don't really have an outro either. But I just kind of like say whatever's on my mind, whatever's on my heart. So as always, guys, be kind to people. Love nature. Stop polluting. Stop looting. And uh, recycle. 
Yeah. I don't even have anything. Yeah. Everything he said. <laughs> and if you have a Mewtwo in your basement, I'm calling Peter. He should not be there. <laughs> 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 but anyway, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Peace and love to everybody. Are you shuffling cards? No, I was <laughs> something <laughs> fell, <laughs> and I was trying to pick it up. It was like in one of the um, what's it called? The like bubble, like padded envelopes. Oh, okay, okay. I get you. I get you. Well, you get that out of that padded envelope, and we'll chat next time. Okay. Have a good night. You too. Peace. Good night. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we are getting into the song of the week section. And today's songs we have are Pretty Girl by Stefan Don. That is Jen's song of the week. Let me get into that for you guys. Taking your time, why you do me like this? You know, you know I've never heard this song before. <laughs> what is that she said? This is on my secure. Reach out just to let us know how we're doing, guys. And I really do appreciate when you share and subscribe and like the show. I just wanted to just let people know that sometimes the show does talk about race and tough topics. Don't think we're singling out anyone. You know it may sound that way, but 
That's not, we know that it's not all white people are all people from a certain region or demographic. We're not trying to generalize. Just want to throw that out there for you guys. I know someone's going to write in and say not everybody. But we are just speaking. Just having dialogue. Alright guys, that was Stefan Don, Pretty Girl. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Let's see. Let me get my song queued up. And I know the chord's a little hot, so let's get let that cool down for a bit. Get a little feedback. There we go. All right. It's kind of cool. <laughs> All right, this is Little Things by Sonny Cologne. It, it's kind of funny that she said Insecure, because this sounds like a song that could have been on Insecure. And it may have been. I'm not quite sure, but I love this song. Again, this is Little Things by Sonny Cologne. Sometimes I Oh, look, yeah, I can't say it. At least I don't like people to hear me saying Let me say that. I don't own the right to any of this music. DJ A1. I don't have a name for this yet. Radio. Some good tunes to get you through the weekend. More tunes for your head top. Hope you guys enjoying the music. Stop. 
As always, guys, like, share, and subscribe. We really appreciate you guys supporting the show. Keep writing in with the list of mail. If you got somebody that you love, let them know before it's too late. Give people their roses while they're still here. Appreciate the people and your loved ones that are in your life because they can be taken away from you in an instant. Appreciate new beginnings. Appreciate some bad things coming to an end. Don't always look at change as a negative. Don't always look at adversity as a negative. It's all about how you look at it. Everything's about perspective. Take these words with you on the journeys in life, guys. I know I'm not a life coach. Remember the stag that women want to travel. Or dumb people want you to teach them things. That goes for men, too. Always keep an open mind, guys. And remember, don't become a victim of crime. Stay, stay alert. Be vigilant. Keep your eyes open. And with that being said, everybody go with love. Peace be the journey. That wasn't supposed to play. That was about to be some good Anderson, but we'll get to that next time on the show. But anyway, see y'all. Peace.